It's on. Yes. Boom. Boom. Oh, yeah. We are two oh, yeah. for two on the night. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the good old Covert Show. It is currently a Wednesday. It is currently the second to last Wednesday of March. But guys, we got another good episode coming to you today. We got JC back on the podcast. Finally, we've been sitting here trying the phones for weeks <laughs> again. <laughs> and this is the funny part. Every single time like we'll get on the phone, there will be like one time where each of us is able to hear each other and just be like, I, I, every time I do it, I can tell you right now, I will sit and pray on the end of the line. I'm like, come on, Lord, come on, Lord. Just, just give me one hit. Just like, let me hear his voice. And then all of a give sudden it just drops. <laughs> give me one hit. Oh, it's uh, like, yeah, you know, it's oh. the perks of uh, being out in the country. You know, uh, the la- one of the last two times was a snowstorm we yeah. were trying to do this with. And, uh, yeah, it didn't work. But we had phone line and Skype going this time. Oh, yeah. We got it all. We're covered base to base here. So hopefully, which I believe the last time he was on the phone call, we had a call drop. So we're hoping that that doesn't happen. We made it all the way. We made it like 57 (laughs) minutes of an hour. And then I couldn't get anything else to connect. We were rolling. And then all of a sudden, just dropped off the face of the planet again. But no, we got a fun episode. JC's playing some good old Madden 95 again. The last time he played that on the podcast, whatever, I think it was the Chiefs ended up getting the crap kicked out of them by the Jets, or it was the other way around. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, the Jets, I was the Jets. We were rolling. Yeah. It's so, like Limp Biscuit says, keep rolling, 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 rolling. baby. But now we're on episode 56. Our episode releases have been just janked. Oh yeah, we've been we've been slowly but surely like getting episodes out, and we've been slowly but surely trying to get you guys content to put out. So we we've, we've been on it. We've just been slacking just a touch, but I mean for personal yeah, I was reasons. Say, this thing this thing's got to be out Thursday or Friday. You know, it's been uh, you know we got those episodes out there. You got some March Madness content out oh, there. Yeah. Pretty so, good, and, you know, tonight's drink of choice, Bud Light Seltzer Retro Tie-Dye Cherry Limeade. Not a sponsor, but they should be. Not a sponsor, it out, but they should be. You know who should be a sponsor <laughs> that I got as well? The good old Nectar of the Gods, the Bush Latte. And yeah. for those of you who were waiting and ready and sitting on this, we promised the episode, <laughs> but this is your Bush Light Bracket Updates. And, folks, let me tell you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, March has sucked. It's it's been what everybody's expected, but holy shit, has it been a oh? Well, I'll tell you what everybody expected. I don't think so. I don't think anybody really expected some of the teams to lose that did. And for those of you who are not sure who has lost here, let me list off that the big ones: Virginia, Arizona, Kansas. Uh, let's see who who else is a big one that lost yeah, uh, Marquette. Purdue. Yeah, and then we'll throw How can Purdue. You Purdue, who's because the I was waiting one seed to lose. I was waiting for the worst for last. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's the worst loss of the group. 
so and this it really is because this is actually now the worst loss of March Madness history, and this is a fact because this is the only this is the second number one team to ever lose in the history of the tournament to a 16 seed. But here's the worst part: they lost to a team who didn't even make an automatic qualifying bid because of a right. rule in the NCAA. The team that actually won FDU's conference was coming from was coming up to D1. They weren't originally a D1. So by rule, they couldn't go to the tournament. They weren't eligible, yep. Exactly. And so now, what does that leave That's us with? The best, well, I was going to say the best part of that too is though. They didn't they weren't one of the uh, 64 teams. They had to play to become one of the 64 teams. And that's where it gets even horrible. <laughs> More horrible for and Purdue. And I didn't even think they were going to win. I thought Texas Southern was going to take them. Oh, yeah. But you know what? Coach Toby, he's a scrappy man, and he's a funny I-35, man. I-35, baby. Yes, sir. Representing the great state of Iowa. You love to see it. But Farley Dickinson, or what is it? Is it Farley Dickerson or Farley Dickinson? I keep getting it wrong. It's Farley Dickinson. I thought it was Fair, I thought it was Fair Lane Dickinson, but I've yeah. heard like four different pronunciations. So, so either way, we'll FDU. do it. We'll do Let's it. Just yeah. Go FDU. FDU <laughs> becomes. Excuse me. Wow, that had a push. Um, becomes the second team in the history of, of March Madness to ever upset a number one seed. They've become the first to actually do it by not winning their conference, and also the first to ever do it. By making it into a playoff or like through a playing game, and this even gets worse for Purdue. Purdue for the last three tournaments has now lost as a high seed to anything less than a thirteen. It's been three straight tournaments. Say, isn't it isn't it a twelve, thirteen or no? Thirteen, fourteen, and sixteen. Yep. I believe that is That's that is bad. correct. Because North Texas Way to go, was one. Big uh, yeah, no kidding. Because Iowa, Iowa got upset by Auburn, which was funny because I was in a sports... Oh. That was just... Saying that's an upset is a stretch. Yeah, I would say that's not not going to be too much of an upset for, for Auburn. I think the line was basically even. I, I will say it was a great game coming through because I was sitting in a sports page and all of a sudden all these Iowa fans are getting mad. I'm literally wearing a Texas sweatshirt. And anytime that Auburn scores or anything, I'm just raising my fist. And sad to say, my girlfriend was looking at me. She goes, Nick, stop it. And I was like, oh, I could be way worse. I, like, could... <laughs> I know. I was sitting there and I was like, oh, honey, I could be way worse. I could, you know, rip off the Texas and have a big old NU across my chest and just get out of broom and sweep it for basketball and football. But I decided not to do that because I've got no room to talk as a Nebraska fan because I know where my place lies and it still wins, wins away from actually being able to brag about Nebraska football. But nonetheless, it was actually super entertaining to watch all these just Iowa fans and watch how different people get upset about sports when it's your right. team in a big moment. That right. was the thing for me that I just thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, I watched the game, and it was one of those from the very start. You could tell Iowa was not going to get it. I mean, there was never a moment in the game, at least for me, that I was like, oh, yeah, this is fine. They're going to come back. I mean, they, you know, they're going to do the age-old, make it kind of close, but oh, yeah. not really. Well, and that, uh, but yeah, I saw your Texas Longhorns, by the way. Yeah, they're they're going. So we'll we'll talk we'll talk about that coming up. But I, I saw your Texas Longhorns last week. 
in good old oh. Des Moines, Iowa. Good old Des Moines, Iowa. But we'll talk about that for a second round. You know what I want to talk about? All right. Speaking of Iowa teams that let us down, Oof. what in the Sam hell happened to Iowa State? Uh, 41. That's, that's Not only tough. that, with like three or four minutes to go, 30. Yeah. That's not, for those keeping score, that's not in the first half to go. That's in the whole game. How do you score 30 in a men, 11 seed? In a men's college basketball game where you are known for your high-powered offense this year, or at least high-scoring offense, you score 30 points in, in literally 57 minutes of play and not able to get anything else out of it? Like, that is nuts. That and is, Pitt is an 11 seed that had to play in to get there. Which, I want to talk about that. There were The oh, play-in there. games were so weird this year. You had you had 11 seeds playing in a play-in game? And then, yeah. that's weird. Well, this goes back to the normal discussion of, because it's, it's 11s and 16s. But everybody's like, why wouldn't you just make them all 16s? Yeah. And then just bump. And then bump your seating up, you know, around otherwise. And yeah, yeah, it's weird to have an 11 seed play in, but that's how they do it. Or if you're going to have your playing game should be, if anything, make it a 16 and a 15 seed as play ins because, right. and we, everybody has been used to the 16 seed playing game. I believe this is the first year that they've had an 11 seed actually be in a playing game. And you can quote, or you can well, correct me if say, I'm wrong I for think- that. I think the 11's been that number. It's just, I don't know why they picked 11. Because this is a conversation that happens almost yearly of, okay, what are we doing? Why do you pick an 11 instead of, you know, four 16's? Which, the argument with that is, 16's are oftentimes that low auto bid. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Or, here's the thought. Make them all 11 seeds. Make True. it where it's, you know, all of the middle-of-the-road teams. True. I and your conferences. And then just let the bottom seeds be. But well, part of it's probably ratings, too, because how good are ratings is Texas A&M, CC, and Southeast Missouri State going to get you compared to Mississippi State and Pitt? Yeah. I mean, there's so. there's so many different ways that you can break down this tournament, and I think we were right because we talked about this like a couple of weeks ago talking about basketball um, win percentages and everything, and the Big 12 showed out in bulk for the SEC tournament because you had West Virginia on that list, you had Baylor, you had Texas on that list, you had, where where else are we? We had Iowa State, so there's four teams out of the Big 12. Kansas State. Kansas, Kansas State, so there's 16, yes, six teams. TCU is on that list, that's seven, and I believe that was it. Baylor. and I had I got Baylor on there. So you had seven oh, yeah. teams out of the Big Twelve oh, come yeah. in. And we talked about it. This was gonna be one of the teams or one of the conferences that ran the NCAA tournament on strictly appearance alone. Not they well, might not run through that the competition. Wound up being almost true. Yeah. <laughs> because well, so and here's the thing, out of those seven teams, teams that are still playing, Kansas State There's like two. Yeah, Kansas like State Kansas and Texas. State, Texas. Because you have Texas and Kansas State right now in the Sweet 16. Texas has Xavier. Michigan State has K-State. Kansas ends up losing to Arkansas, which was a huge loss for a lot of people. Right. Um, 
TCU lost to Gonzaga. I think everybody expected it. Nobody expected the game to be this close. Gonzaga with an 84 well, to 81 win, but here was the kicker on that. Do you know what the kicker yeah, I was? was? Say, you can't talk about Go this for game it. and not bring up what you're about to bring up because it's, it's amazing. Sometimes a bad beat is an extra bad beat. So the spread on this game was four and a half. TCU is down 84 to 78 with 0.6 seconds left, and all of a sudden they get the inbound. I forget who they it was. They roll the inbound. Yeah, they roll the they inbound. They pass it in. They roll. And, of course, Gonzaga's like, do whatever you want. You can't win. Yeah, you, you're not going to win. And, and s- they roll in the inbound. Oh, <laughs> they roll yeah. in the inbound. That's a bad beat. If I've ever, that might be one of the worst beats of all time. Oh, this like, is Like, how just... do you point seven and it's six? And you're like, all right, they dusted them. No problem. Oh. And then they're rolling it in, screaming at the TV. Pick, make them pick it up. Yeah. And then they go, they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> the, the best part was there's been a lot of people that are either super, super happy about this game or super fucking pissed off because if you had Gonzaga co- – or if you had Gonzaga, you were screwed. If you had TCU covering and over – you got the backdoor cover because TCU drains a three at the end of the game to make it an 84 to 81 and clear the four and a half. I saw that the next morning because I didn't watch the rest of the game and went to bed, but I saw that the next morning and realized everything that just happened. And I'm not a big sports better, but I know a lot of people are unhappy about that. Oh right. my gosh. Dude. So I was going to say my Twitter, my Twitter, <laughs> man, that next day was just crying about it. Oh dude. Um, oh, just the whining and complaining. And I'm like, yeah, well, my bracket was busted after the majority of the first round. So <laughs> everybody's you know, complaining I, about brackets. I'm not and then saying I'm checked out, but like, Oh no, huh? my bracket's bad enough that I'm just along for the ride now. Yeah. So. My, my bracket has actually been somewhat. Okay. One of my brackets that I made is not because I had Arizona winning. So that was a bad, bad thing to take an L on. But otherwise, my main bracket... So, go ahead and tell us how many of your Elite Eight teams are left. Oh, gosh. All right, let's go with Elite Eight here. Um, so, I, I have... got, If you don't have them up, I can go... Cause no, I got, I got two it. Brackets. I got it. So, okay. my Elite Eight teams that are left are Tennessee, UConn, UCLA. So, I got three out of four Elite Eight teams on one half of the bracket. On my other side, I have Alabama, Houston, and Xavier. So I'm currently, I've only have two, two elite eight teams out and that would be Arizona and Marquette. I'm impressed. You respected Houston way more than I did. <laughs> I didn't have Houston getting out of in one bracket to the sweet 16. I had a losing to Auburn and I, and I had a losing to Indiana, which, you know, that's also not great, but I give Houston. So here's my two brands. Oh yeah. Go for it. So here's my Elite Eight. This is my top bracket in a pool I did. All right. Alabama, good. The other three on the left side of the bracket, Baylor, Duke, and Marquette, are gone. <laughs> so let me just fast forward. Let me just fast forward ahead here to the final four. We'll just fast forward to the final four. Baylor, Marquette. Gone. They're both gone. <laughs> gone. Title game. Marquette, Kansas. Gone. gone. Winner, Marquette. Gone. <laughs> On the right side of the bracket, here's my Elite Eight. Indiana, gone. gone. Texas, and... alive. Kansas, gone. 
UCLA alive. Oh, Kansas my. beat UCLA. Kansas is gone. Texas is still alive. So my final four, Baylor, Marquette, Kansas, and Texas, three of the four are gone. My title game's gone on that bracket. Let's flip over to number two, shall we? Go for it. You're thinking to yourself, how can this get any better? Well, here you go. <laughs> Part on the left side, Virginia, Arizona. Okay. That's my final on the south. Say that again. Virginia and Arizona. That shit was shot on the first day. The first day. With Arizona winning and making it to the title game because I like to cause myself pain. Uh, you know, here's the thing about Arizona. I talked to people about this. Oh I don't remember if gosh. I talked to you, but. I told people, I'm like, you know, Arizona causes me a lot of pain, but yeah. this year's going to be different. This is like Arizona. If you didn't know me, you'd think Arizona is my basketball team because <sighs> of how much I'm like, you know, Arizona hurt me in the past, but it's fine. It's like you being a Cubs fan. Yeah. They hurt me in the past, but this year's different. I think Arizona uh... was in the first day. So that takes care of the South. The East has Tennessee and Kansas State, which by some miracle is still possible. Oh but Kansas my. State has to win to get any points. So, okay. Holy You're thinking shit. to yourself, yeah, that's pretty bad. Let's go to the uh, Midwest. <laughs> Iowa. Texas. Oh, Iowa's gone on the first day. Oh. So, for those keeping Virginia, Arizona, and Iowa, Out. <laughs> three of the eight elite teams are gone on day one. Texas is my other one. Then I had St. Mary's for the West who also is gone, and then Gonzaga. So the saving grace in bracket two, the not as scientifically put together bracket, Arizona, Kansas State, Gonzaga, and Texas Final Four, Arizona-Gonzaga title with Gonzaga winning. Three of the four are still alive, There's but a after shot. the first day, and whew. Oh, <laughs> that's, it was bad. That's tough. Because I had a couple you know, of losses on my first day. Arizona was my biggest, and probably Virginia, because yeah. I had Virginia at least going to the Sweet 16. I had Arizona going to the 8. My final four for my main bracket was Alabama, Marquette, Xavier, UConn. Marquette, obviously out. I've got Alabama, UConn sitting in the championship. So I've got three out of four final four teams alive and two championship contenders alive. Let's look at the good old other bracket that got just blown to shit on the first day because it was my screw-around bracket. Because usually how I do mine is I'll make one main bracket where I just literally list off everything and be like, all right, this team can win, this team can win. Like, I, I go into it in depth as a science. The second bracket is usually I'll either flip a couple of teams around, throw three more upsets in there, yada, 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 whatever. So, the Elite Eight for this or at least the Sweet 16, Alabama, San Diego State. Got it. I had Houston, Indiana. Well, Houston's in there. Going to the other one, I had Xavier in Texas again because I couldn't just count those guys out. I had it. I swapped this next one out because in my 16, Sweet 16 for the main one, I had Creighton. This one, I chose Baylor. Ooh. Creighton, yeah, my main one, I had Creighton because I trusted the Jays on that. That was out. Good and, call. Yeah, Thank you. I was I was actually kind of shocked. I was like I felt like I was playing with fire with that just because you know Creighton is such a they're a good contending team, but with the amount of force that Baylor had to go through this year, I was like all right, that's going to be too tough, but I think they can do it. On the east side, I had Memphis and Duke going to the Sweet 16. 
Wow. Hey, me too. That's yeah. not good news for you. <laughs> nope. <laughs> going, going to the bottom side of it. I had Kansas State and Marquette. Kansas State's in there. I switched everything. And then I had, uh, in the Elite Eight, I had Memphis and Marquette. Gone. Going now to the west side, I had um, Kansas and I had UConn. I didn't really switch a lot of these. Mainly the ones that I did switch were like some of my big winners kind of moving forward. But I had UConn and Gonzaga going to the Elite Eight, and I had Gonzaga and Boise State pulling off a massive upset, as well as UNC Asheville, just because for the fun of it, because this was not my not my good you bracket. The wrong fifteen. Oh yeah. So and then in this final, Princeton all the way, man. Yeah, no shit. In this championship game, it was supposed to, or in this final four, Zona Marquette. Xavier, Zags, Zona, and Gonzaga in the championship with Arizona winning by a total of three. It's safe to say that that bracket is completely shot. I Like I said, I love doing March Madness, and it gets me down to like a science. I literally this year, like here, let's, so on my west side, on after the first two days, the only game I lost on the west was Boise State and Northwestern. I had Northwestern act- or I had Boise State beating Northwestern because Northwestern has only had one experience um in the NCAA tournament, so I had Boise State winning. On the east ha- or on the east half after the first day, I had Purdue winning, but I didn't have them going very far. Thank God. But Purdue lost. <laughs> I had <laughs> I had Memphis winning. They lost. I had Oral Roberts pulling off a 12 to 5 upset over Duke. Duke just got hot at the right time, so that was an or that was a loss to me. And then I had uh, Providence being my kind of Cinderella story for the year. I had Providence beating Kentucky and then beating K State. Providence was out. Uh, I also had Michigan State, so I think I had four losses that day, four to five losses on day one for the East. On the South side, yeah, it gets it keeps getting better. On the South side, I had Charleston upsetting San Diego State. Didn't happen. Virginia winning against Furman, which I said winning. Uh, Furman decided to kick me in the nads on that one and win by one. And then I had. Uh, a, I'm just going to interject here. Go for <clears> it. Hold that thought. I want to interject here. What is going through your mind to throw that pass just blindly over your head? Oh, uh, somehow I can mean, we make it? You oh. know, it's, you tip your cap to Furman because nothing there happens unless they make the three. Oh, yeah. But that pass, oh, he's going to have nightmares, man. Dude. He's going to have nightmares with that pass for the rest of, well, not, maybe not the rest of his life, but for like months. Didn't he's for, just going to think about that pass. And Virginia still had a timeout, didn't they? Yeah. He, so there he was so much it. that happened. He just turns around and chucks it over his head right to Furman. But, Which the radio broadcast is electric, and Kevin Harlan does a hell of a oh. job as always. Well, and I would love to but just see what, what a shot. But your what coach, a shot. the shot was as insane as all hell. The fact that Virginia's coach was not like timeout, 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 like just running up. He should have ran on the court calling a timeout and get a technical. But at the same time, that three right. from Furman was electric oh. as hell. Hole. Oh. That's unbelievable. That is, and that was the thing. That was everything that kicked off March Madness from that day. You had a four seed lose Mm -hmm. on day one. And of course, and this is the bad thing that happens because I'm going to get a new 
video rolling for the camera here as we're going through. But here's the here's the weird thing that happens. Your teams that are expected to win, and this mainly falls on Virginia because this was them a few years ago. You had one of the top <laughs> defensive teams in the country back in 2018. And by top defensive teams, in ACC conference play for a Blue Blood basketball conference, you literally held the highest defensive rating of any team in the country. You had the least amount of points allowed per game. You had the best rebounding percentage. You literally had a team that defense wins championships. Wasn't that the year they had the ACC game in the either the title or the semifinal that was like, <clears throat> excuse me, 47-45 or something stupid for a, an entire game, 47-43, something like that, where it was like, it was low how scoring. Do you manage to just not score at all? It, it was low scoring. It was, like eight, it was like 20 to 18 and a half. Like, holy cow. Which brings me to my point here. Virginia, over the history of time, has had a team that is defensively built to withstand punches, withstand anybody, but they cannot win. And the bad thing is, is they were the first team with the defensive core that they had. They were the first team to ever get upset as a number one seed in March Madness history, and they continue to struggle when they get to the tournament. They can win through conference play. They can win... They can win the ACC. They can get wherever they need to go as a team. But once they get to March, their defense gets shot out the window for some unknown reason. If you have them going far, you have them going as a high seed. Well, is that just because of the change of pace and play for them where the ACC is more conducive to what they want to do? And when you play like a Furman or a UMBC or I don't remember who else upset them, but you're from a different conference, so you're just playing a different style. Which Because Furman rung up 68 on them. Which, yeah. you know, that's pretty solid defense, but that's not, like, crazy defense, well, if that makes sense. And Virginia averaged, on the season, I believe it was less than 60 points defensively as a team. Right. So, but, but if you hold, if you're averaging, like, Mid to low 50s, that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think you're going to be able to average, like, 48 points a game. No. And the the thing is also, Virginia has not ever been a team to just run the score up on anybody. Like, Virginia right. consistently has been a team that is known for their defense and will score high points on occasion. Otherwise, they're winning their games, like, 65 to 58, 60. Two to fifty-four, like they're winning low-scoring affairs, which is fine. You mean you unlike that. Florida Atlantic against Oh yeah FDU, where they tried the three-sixty dunk with like no time left, and then he missed, it, and then he missed it. Dude, that <laughs> is sportsmanship and a half, is, bro. You gotta understand the moment there. I was gonna say they simultaneously in the or they in the span of two seconds went from America, one of America's sweethearts of dude, go and beat Tennessee. To, I hope Tennessee fucking buries you. Oh, dude, I I will now. <laughs> I saw so many people on Twitter that in in the in their chain of tweets throughout the game, you know, Florida Atlantic, one of these teams is going to go beat Tennessee, and then right as soon as that happened, they're like, yeah, I hope Tennessee buries them. Which and I'm like, yeah, yeah, uh, and that's so wanted, sad to I say. I wanted FDU to win so bad. Oh, I wanted, I wanted, I was willing. FDU to get there. I was I was willing to buy an FDU T-shirt if they won. I was going I was going full 16 seed, sending it all the freaking way. Well, 
You gotta, you gotta get that Princeton T-shirt then. I might You're have to. Team, but close enough. <laughs> no shit. If Princeton, I want the if, Raging Cajuns. Raging Cajuns gave Tennessee a better fight than a lot of people thought. Yeah, I mean, ten- and this is the thing for Tennessee. You have a guard in the middle, and you could have made the same thing at Purdue. You have a seven foot guard or a seven foot defender in the middle, and the worst part was is FDU had nobody of size. Like, FDU was the most undersized team in the book for the tournament this year. And they outplayed a Purdue team that was severely oversizing. And the funny part about that was their coach, Toby, goes, we weren't trying to make Purdue upset. Like, we weren't trying to do anything because he released out, they released a TikTok that literally he was talking to his assistant coach and he goes, I've been watching Purdue a lot. I know we can beat them. I know we can take them. Right. Well, Purdue punched their fist through the whiteboard at halftime. <laughs> yep. And that's the thing that I, tr- like, I will love and hate March Madness all at the same time because there are moments, like, for FAU, sportsmanship just goes through the shitter. There is no such thing. Like, this is literally the most just gut-wrenching thing for sports ever. Like, as a player, like, this is probably one of the most gut-wrenching things ever to go through. But at the same time, it's like... You have teams that haven't been here before that hold higher standards than anybody else in a Power 5 conference, anybody else that has been there multiple times, even if they aren't in a Power 5. Like, FDU was not supposed to be there. Florida Atlantic, they won off their conference game. And they were classy until you decided to try to do a 360 windmill, and now everybody hopes that a volunteer orange comes stomping at your door. And you can maybe answer this, but <clears throat> is it insult to injury that he missed it? Yeah. Would it have made people a little less fired up if he spun it down, threw it down, and you're like, okay, fine. Yeah, it's still poor sportsmanship, but I feel like it's an even worse look when you botch the shit out of it. I I think people were going to hate it either way. I think it does add right. insult to injury that you completely messed this up so bad that you bricked it and it went all the way to the other side of the court. Like, I, you couldn't have messed it up worse. Which, I, I get it, when, right. windmill dunks well, and 360s are hard. It because I'm oh, in the yeah. same boat as you absolutely should not have done that. No, uh-uh. But I'm just curious if it would have, you know, made anybody feel any less upsetty spaghetti about it, if you will. <laughs> I feel like people if wouldn't have been as attacking, but it was still right. horrible. Like It was a dick move. Oh, yeah. You don't do that, especially when you beat a team that's a 16 that, that has a bigger... Yeah, and that has a much bigger win. Oh, my right. gosh. It's, you were a 9 versus a 16. Yeah. No 16s made it two rounds in ever. Yeah. Like, like come on, man. You it's, know, ESPN used to do a segment of that, and this would have been number one on the, come on, man. Oh, yeah. it's Which is sad to say, because, I mean, I was 100% for FAU. Like, I'm, I was here for them. I was waiting to be an Owls fan for the day, except for the fact that they played Creighton, so I wasn't going to be that big of a fan. But at this, or not Creighton, <laughs> uh, Tennessee. Actually, I would have been more of a big fan of that. Because I can't be a fan of Princeton while they play Creighton. Sorry, I just can't. But regardless of the fact, I mean, you, you're you sitting there and you have a team that is 
done everything to literally be America's sweetheart in FDU. You crush their souls, crush right. their dreams. You try to dunk on top of them. It's like everybody is sitting here hoping that you get curb stomped and just <laughs> not yeah, legitimately literally. like curb stomped, but like everybody is hoping that you just get beat down by Tennessee. Other With, teams. I don't know how much you watch Tennessee, but the physicality of Tennessee when they play Duke. That's enough to wear anybody down. Oh, yeah. And with Marquette losing and Kansas State being the highest seed left, Tennessee's got a decent shot if they can, you know, get out of their own way to make a run at the East now. Yeah, because you don't – the only number one team left is – well, the only two number one teams left are Alabama and Houston, which is huge because if you really, really think about it, you come into this whole March Madness situation thinking like, and this was my philosophy for the year. I was like, okay, you have number one teams that are always good and you can never bet against them until it always comes down to one spot. But what we've seen from past years is like, okay, lower seats are starting to win more and they're starting to be more competitive and like it's not anybody, or it's not a number one seeds tournament anymore. This year alone has uh, proven that immensely. <clears throat> well, here's the thing. You get low seeds winning early, but whatever high seeds survive to like say where we're at now, the road clears out for them. So a bunch of high seeds are still going to make a deep run like Kansas last year. Yeah. And that's also the thing that I like, too. I I understand what you're saying of the one versus 16 is not automatic anymore. No. And that's Which is amazing when you think about the talent difference of, you know, you look at Purdue, FDU, or Arizona-Princeton, or, uh, I mean, those were the big two, Furman, Virginia, of the, especially Purdue and... FDU. The yeah. talent difference, the facility difference yeah, if is you haven't insane. Seen that. Is insane. And this is one interesting part. We'll, we may or may not dabble on this topic, but women's basketball tournament. I saw on Twitter, so the women's first two rounds are at a home site. Yep. And everybody's like, well, that's so great. But I'm like, it's not at least if you put a men's tournament there, you don't get FDU doesn't go in and beat Purdue at Purdue. No, it's just not going to happen. And that's, well, and here's, here's a quick junction of that too. And this is not to negate the women's tournament by any means, because there have been a lot of upsets in the women's tournament this year. Like Miami, big upset, Louisville, Upsetting Texas, making it to the Sweet 16 again. There have been a lot of upsets on the women's side of the bracket because I believe two number ones are down. But at the same time, Mm. the biggest thing that you have to look at was about 90% of the way, or I want to say like 60% of the way through the tournament, there was still one complete perfect bracket left on the women's side. Granted, if there is a... That's like a half day on the men's side. (laughs) Yeah, like if, if... Anybody is going perfect in this bracket challenge, whether it's men or women, I applaud you because the odds are so slim. My main thing that might get us in trouble here is that on the women's side of the bracket, your lower seeds aren't as competitive or don't seem to get a lot lot more luck. And that's nothing against the lower seed. That's nothing against the women's tournament. It's a little bit easier to predict the outcome from the women's games because that's just how they have been going, and that's how history has proven themselves. 
and you look at the seeding, I mean, the one seeds aren't going to lose until, you know, the second round of the Sweet 16. Yeah. I mean, there's, there is no feasible, at this point, in my mind, no feasible way <clears throat> that a 16 beats a 1. Yeah. Well, and, and if you look at the scores from the first round of this year, that compounds that. We're talking 90 to 40, 86 to 52. These are not even close. Yeah. And the the biggest thing that I have like, to say, too. Houston, Kentucky, Northern Kentucky in the men's side, an 11-point Houston win. No, there's not one women's first-round game of a 1-16 in 16 that's anywhere near that. Yeah. Or the, the fact that Alabama and Kansas both handled Howard and Texas A&M CC by easily... 30 or but that's like 30 still points only 20 yeah that's still and, only 20 but still you're the not tournaments like 40 you're yeah you're not seeing you're not seeing number ones get dropped until like you said the sweet 16 because miami dropped indiana in the sweet 16 just earlier um louisville dropped texas in the sweets or to go to the sweet 16 so i mean there have been upsets and there are going to be upsets in the women's tournament no matter what but they're but just the first round like you're saying it's pretty Solid for the most part. Yeah, you're. you're I mean, you'll get stat. your occasional five, twelve, or what have you. But in general, yeah. Which it's it's fine. That's how they go, and we're still here for it. Because I mean, I watched a lot of the highlights of the Miami Indiana game, and I watched some highlights of the Louisville Texas game. They were freaking playing their asses off, and when you get mm-hmm. to March Madness, it's no matter what. Your teams are always going to be competitive. The girls are always going to be on there. The men are going to be as competitive as always. So, I mean, it's it's fun to watch no matter what gender you are, no matter what teams you support, whatever. But to circle back to the original point, yep. I think the worst thing the men's tournament could do is go to a home site for the first two rounds. I would I agree. think that would take away from what... And I mean, these hosts cities. You talked about Des Moines and we'll get to that here in a little bit, but and these host cities, what a great opportunity to bring in, you know, four, Business. eight teams. Yeah. It's a great opportunity. You know, everybody, you know, here in the great state of Iowa, I mean, you get Omaha and you get Des Moines. That's about that's about your two spots you get to host. So, you know, and both, and I've never been to Omaha, but I've been to Des Moines now. Both are really good Spot to host. Oh, yeah, because I've been to the Omaha March Madness tournaments back when they first hosted in like 2008 or whatever it was. Um, back when, once again, Purdue was there in Omaha, and I saw them, and I don't know if they lost to Detroit or not, but that was one game that I went to go see. I think Kansas was also in that bracket, uh, or that side for Omaha at least. But it's like, you take away so much business when you don't go for a host site. And on the, I guess the flip could be said of, you know, when you have a host site in the first round, it's good. But I don't know. There's something about tournaments that need to be neutral site or neutral-ish. Yeah. Because the men's tournament, Alabama basically got a home game in the second round. Yeah. And so does – and Houston's so, going to have a home game. If they make it to the championship, Houston's got a home game there. Yeah. So, you know, technically you can still fall into a home game. Yeah. But I don't know. For me, it's – I like the neutral site because it gives you a better shot at like Princeton and, and Arizona. You play that game 99, 99 times out of a hundred, Arizona wins. Yeah. 
but we got to we got the privilege to watch the one time it didn't happen. Because it's always fun so. to enjoy some major upsets in mm-hmm. college basketball. Good night. You know who wasn't enjoying a major upset? So this <laughs> is a perfect time to segue and well, yeah, a perfect time to segue into my one of my two trips. I, All right, since we last been on the podcast. So I just decided out of the blue that it was a good idea to go to the second round in Des Moines. Okay. So we saw Texas and Penn State, and we saw Kansas and Arkansas. And behind me, believe it or not, I'm up in the nosebleeds. Okay. And there's a guy that's a New Jersey Devils fan that went to Missouri. Oh. The entire time, he's watching the Missouri-Princeton game. Oh, no. And for those that don't know, Princeton beat him soundly from what I gathered. It was a pretty good scoreline for Princeton, 78 to 63. There you go, yeah. And he goes, he's on the phone with his dad or somebody. He goes, this team can't catch a break. So Missouri wins in the first round. You think you're getting Arizona. No, you're getting Princeton. As a Missouri fan, you're drooling at the mouth because you should be getting a sweet 16. Oh, yeah. And And then then you don't. (laughs) <laughs> the same day, the Devils blow a 2 nothing lead. Oh. It was a bad afternoon sports for that guy. <laughs> that dude's sitting there like, oh, yeah, we got a chance. And then he goes, oh, shit, he, we saw. <laughs> he, so he, as Princeton's losing, I turn around because, you know, when you're at these March Madness things, you're there for Oh, yeah, you're there for everything. So you, you're almost forced to at least meet somebody that's in your immediate area. You yeah. can't really just sit there by yourself and, you know. And I turned to him and I go, yeah, so much for that 2 nothing lead, eh? Oh. You know, being a Devils fan myself, your Florida Panthers absolutely shredded my heart out of my chest and stomped on it. Yeah, so thanks for that. You're welcome. That play where you guys scored the empty netter after we could not hold the line, oh, that hurt. Uh. But anyway. So, yeah. But, yeah, now I've got the weird flex of I've seen Eric Musselman with a shirt off. Yeah, that is <laughs> – Honestly, one of the f- most – that is a highlight play for college basketball for me just because, like, you're a coach getting that in. Like, we mentioned him so many times already, but Coach Toby from the, FDU, that man is a national treasure, and he's now going to the Iona Gales. Fish. Yeah, he's going fishing. But then you get Arkansas said coach upsetting Kansas – and he goes and just rips his shirt off in front of the crowd. That is priceless, bro. So, you know, you and I both like to watch the internet debate. Boy, the amount of people that called him a loser for that was intriguing. Bro, you beat as Kansas in March. Exactly. I was going to say, you know, as somebody that was there, the emotions, and I don't care about either team. I'll just say, I really don't. I was hoping Arkansas pulled it off yeah. after the game stayed close. No offense to you in Texas, but like I was hoping Penn State pulled it off when it stayed close against Texas. And so there's a certain energy in the building. And, yeah, you know, he's jumping on tables, ripping his shirt off, and, yeah, no. Well, and, and this is the and biggest. And then, you know, Texas had the whole thing. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. He was an Iowa State player that went to Texas. That building was rocking oh, when yeah. Penn State got that game back and I'm like it's going to happen. I'm going to see two upsets right here. It would have been it would have been nice you thought and then all of a sudden Texas just decided to get that back. And this is I will say this quick on just a tangent. Texas is a team that I have going far 
for one of the first times in a while because usually when I have them going far, they suck at basketball. And this, <laughs> and this is even when they are still considered a high seed and they just blow leads. So this year, kind of, my stomach was aching to actually have Texas going to the Sweet 16. But here's here's the biggest thing that I will say about this. If anybody is going to call this coach a loser for ripping his shirt off, if anybody is going to call Coach Toby a weirdo for just wanting to go fishing and how he does his interviews of saying, we got, like, literally, we got all night. Next, we can go as long as you guys want. Bro, right. win a game that matters and win a game that is just, like, so hard that you don't even know what you just did. Because Arkansas did it against say, Kansas. It's a generational thing again. Yeah. Because you and I are on the same page, and you and I are on the same page for the so the best one I can think of is the Jose Bautista bat flip in 2015. Exactly. The amount of people over the age of 40 that were pissed about that, that has that no room in sports, act like you've been there before. Dude, we haven't even been in the playoffs since 93. This, in 2015, Toronto had not been in the playoffs since I've been alive. How do you expect somebody to be in the moment and, you know... Like, you know, be, act like you've been there when you haven't been there. Arkansas is the, the anti-example because they've been this deep in the last few years. Yeah. But like you said, you beat Arkansas when it, or you beat Kansas when it matters most. Yeah. Not many teams get to say that in the round of 32. And not a lot of teams. UNI get- is one of them, but that's from a forever ago. Yeah. And not a lot of teams get to say that they have beaten a college basketball blue blood in that round, especially as this low of a seed. And it was basically a home game for Kansas. Oh, yeah. That's not much of a jaunt to, for there to Des Moines. Well, and this is this is another thing that I wanted to talk about. And I turned the camera back on for this because this is this is going to be a fun conversation. And I'll, I'll make a note of this down here in my uh, good old bookie book on my phone here so as i pull this up handy notebook yeah my handy notepad on my phone so (laughs) you want to talk about college blue bloods and college basketball there was a tweet here i'm gonna slowly but surely find this because i want to talk about finally gotten past the blue bloods we have gotten past the blue bloods but also this is huge for blue blood history and this is also huge for when we want to talk about another class act and everything like that so if anybody hasn't heard about this, then folks, you need to get your college basketball ears rolling. I can't. Okay, I can't find the tweet. But anyways, I'm gonna get the information. That was clutch. I know I'm gonna get the information wrong on this, but I'm gonna try to get it as accurate as possible. Well, I can stall for you. By the way, <clears throat> man, my voice is killing me. Uh, Madden ninety five fifty one twenty one. The old shit. jet. J-E-T-S, they all just, just, just all picked off by Detroit, though. It's in the fourth quarter. Game one of, well, given we're still on topic, number <laughs> However one. However many. I think we're going to make it through more in game one today. But, so. My cat is just being obnoxious. Basically, this is one of the few times where college basketball does not have its all or any of its Blue Bloods going to the Sweet 16. And for anybody who is unfamiliar with college basketball and Blue Bloods, I'm sorry, and I'm not. The Blue Bloods are Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, and North Carolina. 
Now, folks, three of those Blue Bloods made the tournament. One of them was a one seed, one was a five, and then one was a six. The other team did not. Now, this is where it gets interesting, and this is where America should be as a sports as sports fans, especially if you live anywhere near this state, offended, shocked, and just downright pissed off. North Carolina did not get a bid to the NCAA tournament. North Carolina did not win the ACC championship. And so they did not make college bat they did not make March Madness. And now here's the thing. They got an invite to the NIT to be one of the top seeds in the NIT. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. But their coach in NC or in North Carolina released a statement saying, "We hold ourselves to a quality of standard. We want to win championships and bring a culture to the school. Yada 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 yada. We're not participating in but the NIT. If it's the NIT, we want a t- we want a, we want a title, but not an NIT title. Like, bro, how? What a waste of an opportunity to play for. Oh, dude, more games. That coach is missing the point of sports. Oh yeah." I, I get the fact. I mean, that, sure, we all we all want to make the big big dance. All of us do. That's what you start the year for. But when you have an opportunity to play another game, to play in another tournament, to do, you know, another opportunity to play, that's it. That's pretty much where this is going to end. Yeah. Why would you not take it? Like, you have to be some kind of self-absorbed, just, Full of yourself yeah. to be that way. That's insane. It's, I remember reading that, and then I actually forgot about it until you brought it up. But I'm glad you brought it up because that is a terrible look I, for the brand. Well, and I'm not. I'm definitely one of those people that is like in college basketball. I'm an underdog guy. I will pick my brackets. I will choose for that, but I will still root for the underdog no matter what. Like, or if my bracket just goes shot to shit, I'm picking the lowest seed and I'm putting my money on them. Like I am that person that will do that. The college basketball blue bloods piss me off to the point of just pure, like they win all the time. They're in this. And so they've been good consistently. Like I get that you kind of almost hate them because they're good. But at the same time, it's like you understand why they are so good because they are coached the way that they are. You had coach Krzyzewski at Duke. Um, you had Williams at North Carolina. I mean, right. you had a lot of good coaches within this four team. And if you really want to add a team in there, that's not blue. It's green. Tom Izzo and Michigan state have proven time and time again, that they should be a college basketball quote unquote blue blood. But not blue, obviously, and they're not one of the original schools or however that goes. But here's the thing. Well, he's underrated. Yeah. But that's, uh, anyway. But here's the real thing. North Carolina, you guys seriously decided to not be in the NC or the NIT tournament because you have yourself to hold to a higher standard. You just dropped your standard well, by five a- million. I was going to say, and, you know, it's such a high standard that you don't even win the division you're in, or the oh, conference yeah. you're in, I mean. Yeah, that's such a high standard. How or, about you pump the brakes and, you know, worry about winning the games you have the opportunity to play and exactly. stop just assuming you'll get into stuff because you're a blue blood. Or, and here's the thing, how about if you 
it's it's not a matter of you hold yourself if you hold yourself to a high standard, you should also know what comes with that. And it's not winning conference championships all the time. It is your goal and it's obviously you have right. done it in the past. You are a historic team that just doesn't lose a lot in basketball. You had Michael Jordan, you have had some of the best teams in the history of college basketball. Dude, you're going to have tough years. You're going to lose. You're going to not be there. Kansas hasn't been there a few times. I Recently, I don't remember the last time that Kansas wasn't there. Kentucky has had a lot of off years in the last couple of seasons. Duke, everybody was thinking that Duke was going to be out this year, and then all of a sudden, here comes Duke and just karate chopping. And this is the best part. This is the first time that a preseason AP poll number one team has not made the NCAA tournament. Think about that for a second and really, really wonder. That's a fall from heaven, buddy. <laughs> really wonder where North Carolina's high standard it was held to and realize how far they fell and then realize just inch by inch by inch by inch and then the six-foot grave that they dug when they said they weren't going to the NIT. That's what they did. Oh, my gosh. I, I saw that. I got so heated, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's going to... You know, their fans probably don't mind it necessarily. But, you know, for someone like us that, you know, neither one of us is huge ACC. Yeah. It loses you a lot of respect that was probably there before. And that that's the biggest thing. It's like the ACC is known for their basketball when it comes to a couple of teams. Like, you do have Duke. You have North Carolina. You've had Virginia. Um, Miami. Miami. If you really want to get technical with it, throw NC State in the mix because NC State in the 80s, pretty good. Right. Yeah, so you right. have you have consistently had teams good in the ACC. You've had a lot of good players come out of the ACC that have been Hall of Famers, NBA stars. And then you go and one team decides to throw, and I will say they threw the legacy kind of in the mud of just their team specifically, but also somewhat of the ACC, because that just doesn't look bad on North Carolina. That looks bad on the ACC. It, it Not as yeah. much on the ACC, yeah. but I mean... For the college, I mean, somebody had to step in. I mean, it wouldn't have taken much. Been like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. Like, you're, you know, I understand you're the coach, and that's terrific and whatever, but well, you, you, you got to hold, like they said, yourself to a high standard. Yeah. Your athletic director and turning should be down a national you. tournament, and I was going to say turning down a national tournament bid is not a high standard. It's just not, dude. It's... Colorado was there. Colorado's another team that was vying for a big dance. Uh, Didn't get it. Nebraska you know what was. You, do? you go play in. You go play in the next best thing. You give your seniors, you give your team a chance to go out and play again. Especially when... Because a lot of these guys, this is where the road ends for a lot of these guys. Oh, yeah. You know, unless you go and play, you know, overseas or something. When it when it comes... Or like G League here in the States. Yeah. But this is where... And a lot of guys won't even get that. Yeah. This is where the road ends for a lot of guys. So you're just going to take... Because you feel bad for yourself that you didn't make it. You're going to take that out on guys that have been working their ass off all year, and you're going to cut them short of what they could have played. Well, and you're going to cut them out specifically. It's, it's pretty stupid. And you're going to cut them out who have been working their asses off for you specifically. Yep. 
Like, you had guys taking fifth years to come back. Like, mm-hmm. you had plenty of guys using another year of eligibility from COVID. And that's another big thing. Granted, we can sweep this under the rug all we want. Like, because there's going to be plenty of topics of why you shouldn't have done this. But another big thing, COVID. You had a lot of guys come back for North Carolina that definitely shouldn't have come back. And they decide to come back and play and think, oh, yeah, we're going to get a tournament bid. All right, if we don't, we're definitely going to make the NIT, yada, yada, yada. You come out of preseason number one and you don't make the tournament and you get to say that you quote yourself to a higher standard and then you quit on the NIT, dude, you don't have a high standard at this point. You just get to take what the good Lord gives you. All right, well, here you go. Here's a high standard. Game one final. Jets. Yes, sir. <laughs> Seven oh. Lions twenty-one. Jets had six hundred and eighty-four total yards. Oh my lord! And uh, got the job done. Now we're on to game two. Say, Not safe. to interject, but no, you're good. I was gonna say safe to say that the Jets so are two, rocking. Oh, they're not that team. Vikings and Falcons. Oh, Ooh, going with go. the dirty bird. Ah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that's, but yeah, I mean, you look at these, (sighs) not to cut that out, but, you know, look at these matchups. I mean, there's some some good ones. Michigan State's dangerous as a seven seed. Tom is, Uh, Arkansas is dangerous as an eight, as an eight seed against UConn. Gonzaga, I mean, you look at the first day and outside of Florida Atlantic, I could see three of the four teams on Thursday that are under siege either giving their team a run for their money or finishing the deal. Yeah. And I, and this is where I kind of really like to see these games because granted you can say that a two seed upsets a three, but normally your two and three seeds are the teams that just miss the number one cut, but are consistently should they make the argument for number one. So like Duke and Gonzaga, I don't think there's an upset in that game. I think there is a, there's a clear winner. I don't think there's an upset. If Duke beats UCLA, it was meant to happen. Unless they come back by like 60, come back from like 30 down. 60? Wow. I, I, yeah, oh, yeah, I spoke out of my ass. That'd be ass a comeback for the ages, man. <laughs> that's, wow. not, that's, that's not even a March Madness record. That's an NCAA record. That's insane. Yeah. That's pulling your hair out for however. Oh. That'd have to be like a half. Oh, yeah. You're just, you're Anything sitting there like screaming at the TV like. <laughs> All the fans are there. But, like, if Alabama loses to San Diego State, Houston loses to Miami, that I count as an upset. Creighton yeah, loses right. to Princeton. That's a major upset. Like, I'm, I don't know, man. Princeton, don't yeah, count I, them out. I know, you want, I know you were just willing Creighton to the win. But to be devil's advocate, so was Missouri. Oh, yeah. Missouri flew in at the mouth for Princeton and then lost. So... Well, and I don't think you know Texas I think, Xavier is compelling. That is very compelling. I think that, and but I have Xavier winning that game. Hurt. What'd Ooh. you say? Uh, I was going to say, and Princeton and Creighton. You know, uh, outside of maybe Arkansas, Utah, or UConn, is probably one of the more interesting matchups. And just because of the weird. Oh yeah, and that's that's my big thing too. Is I just love when you get a couple of weird seated matchups in this. There are more than a couple here. You have a fifteen versus a six. You have two 
you have an eight versus a four, you have a nine versus a four, and then you have a seven versus a three. Your only three regular matchups, or actually, I would say your only two regular matchups, are UCLA and Gonzaga, and then Texas Xavier, because those are your only really high seeds pitted against each other, because otherwise, Houston has Miami, which is a five, and then you have um, Alabama, who has uh, San, San Diego State as a five. So you're... Your real two main matchups that really can't be an upset. You know, the expected seeds, yeah. if you will. Yeah, your main expected seeds are Gonzaga, UCLA, Texas Savior, and that's a two and a three on both sides of the bracket. So, yeah, that's. A... Gotta love March. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, and you know what else you gotta love? We're going to segue off of Mars Madness. Go for it. Thank God we've been talking about it for World an hour. <laughs> baseball classic. Facts. You're a baseball guy. I love watching baseball. The World Blaze Baseball Classic was a treat. Who says baseball's dead, by the way? How can you not be Call poetic about baseball? Like, dude. That Trey Turner nuke. And I don't say nuke lightly, you know. Oh, like yeah. to say nuke about but that was a whew. that Venezuela comes out swaggering man which you know I personally like it <laughs> we oh, talked yeah. about it before you know Venezuela gets a little little snippy the Spanish little, teams will always get a little snippy be- well this is the thing and it's going to be a tough comment for some people. It's not meant that way. Those countries have taken over baseball. And it's not taken over in oh, a bad yeah. it's it's not taken over in a bad way. Their players it's have worked the Yeah, their players have worked their asses off to get here. Their yeah. players have worked their asses off to get starting spots. Their players have worked their ass off their entire lives. I am 100% happy with them coming over and playing here. Because they are good, and honestly, they are fun as hell to watch because I love their charisma behind the game. I love how much they appreciate the game. Sometimes I don't love their drama that they have with the game just because they are they can be divas. They can be a little yappy. But at the same time, it's, it's super fun to watch them. So like Venezuela, when you say they got a little chippy and a little... All Spanish teams will do that, and that's just not a stereotype or anything. It's just you you really realize it. All Spanish teams will be talking a lot of smack, and it's not just to the American teams. or It's literally to each yeah. other. When they play each other, they yeah. get nasty, and I love it. But the U.S. got the last laugh when Trey Turner hits a grand salami 87 miles. Oh, to give the U.S. a two-run lead and go on to win it and make the quarter, to which Cuba never stood a chance. And Trey Turner comes and out and hits another knock. That <laughs> Trey Turner's but second I mean, knock of the talk about oh. a poetic swing, a pretty swing, and then the and you know who else is hitting? And this is sidebar that has nothing to do with the World Baseball Classic, but Bo Bichette swing oh. for my Blue Jays. His swing in this offseason and his spring training, holy cow, man. He might be one to watch out for because he pretty. is getting good. That is a pretty swing. Anyway, back, back to the topic on him. Well, I was, I was going to make a quick interjection that. on that because Bo Bichette's swing just in general, even before his offseason fixes here, his swing is just pretty. I mean, it's still fl- – mm-hmm. he's just – it's it's kind of like a controlled Donaldson. 
on just how his yeah. leg kick works because there are a lot of differences in his swing from Donaldson, but they have pretty mm. much the same it's amount of so like torque. Fluid. Yeah. It's so fluid. And you know, you mix that with the flow. Oh, oh man. Bobachet's tough hair, to beat. Let me tell you. Oh yeah. <laughs> Bobachet's a good looking man. He's a, he is the complete <laughs> package, man. And I'll tell you that, that swing though, it's unreal Flawless. because you know, You've watched enough baseball. You've played enough baseball. Baseball swings can be some of the most jank motions. Oh, it's like hard. Like Bautista with the pigeon toe. It's weird. Or Donaldson that's got the weird, like, crouch thing he does before he lights up a new. Giancarlo Stanton I mean, with the closing him his entire body 9,000 feet inside. Kevin Euclidus mm-hmm. with his hands, like, literally holding the bat over top of his head. Baseball is just, you can swing the most uncomfortable way possible, but if it works for you, it works. It's weird. Yeah. But, yeah, that's why, you know, I bring up the Boba Shack, and Trey Turner has the same thing of, it's so smooth. Like, it is an, it's it is. amazing to watch. But, you know, back to it. U.S. gets it to the title game, falls short. But, what a game. Yeah, in a nail-biter. Mike Trout. Oh. Last out of the whole entire thing, possibly. Otani gets the better of him. But, man, get those guys out of the L.A. Angels, first of all. Well, this is... get those guys to somewhere. Get they them can somewhere work. where they'll be able to compete for some playoffs. Oh. The Angels aren't in. And Japan needed a walk-off to even get there. Yeah. The team that absolutely clobbered the U.S. the first time, Mexico, just about got, just about got to the title game. Well, And who knows what happens there. Yeah, that could have been interesting. The thing that I love, you, you mentioned it, Shohei Otani versus Mike Trout. My buddy, Kenny Wexler, who has been on the show, literally yesterday sends me a big text as I'm... What was I doing yesterday evening? Oh, I was sitting I was like sitting in bed and all of a sudden he texted me. He goes, "Otani versus Trout." And I was like, "No freaking way." I was laying in bed. I pulled my phone up and I watched it on my phone for that at bat because you you have two of the generation's greatest players potentially in Otani because he's he's still been in the league short enough to where you can't make the claim. His oh, stat- but he's stupid good. Oh yeah, his stats say the yeah. exact opposite that you can made you could have made the claim when he was born. But I was sitting there just and this is the the how can you not be poetic about baseball? You have two of the generation's greatest athletes in baseball who are on the same team getting to face each other in the world's biggest stage for baseball. But not only that, you never see it because usually when they do team versus team, it's live at bats. It's before spring training. You don't get to see it unless somebody videos it and puts it on Twitter. This was televised. They were against each other. Like this is just seriously, it was majestic. Like it was just truly a generational moment. Like it was that. And you know, you look at that, that whole thing, like you said, I mean, this is not World Series. No. But it, it's important. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. 
somebody's celebrating this championship at the end of the day. And, you know, I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, this is the closest those two are ever going to get to a title. <laughs> if they're up oh. angels, yeah. The AL is oh. going to set. And, you know, like, you feel bad. But at the same point, as somebody in the AL, oh, yeah, man. they're not going to get That's because so sad. In the West, you've got to deal with Houston, Seattle in the West. In the East, you've got Toronto, New York, maybe Boston. Like, Oh my gosh! In Central, you've got whatever team cosplays as a good team until the playoffs. You know, it's it's a it's a tough road for the Angels. So it's good to see those two compete in something that was you know high end, big moments. But yeah, Trey Turner, man, Whew. talk about the guy that yeah. steps up to the plate in big moments. Yeah, and that's that's the one big thing, too, is Trey Turner has been there. We talked about this earlier. Act like you've been there before. Trey Turner has been there. He's played in a few World Series. He's been, he's been that person. The man flipped out for that Grand Slam, and he's, what, 30-something? 20. That's a huge moment, yeah. man. That, you, and I think part of that, you go back to the Venezuela game, that's the one we're talking about here the thing about it is that's fueled by the other side chirping exactly and again i don't i don't mind it i really don't but even the most the guy's been there before he's 30 whatever even that type of person is going to get caught up in the heat of a moment of a game it's nine to seven pitching's been terrible at this point you've given up a combined or uh seven to what five at that point, you give up a combined 12 runs. Pitching ain't on tonight. No. So somebody knows they have a chance to, you know, really break this baby open. Yeah, the emotions are going to fly more than normal. Yeah. Well, and, and that's also the thing, too, is, I mean, so you have so many baseball guys that have smoked a ball to the wall thinking that they have had, especially within the last five years, and the biggest part of it is you see the younger talent that is doing this. Anybody who is like the Ronald Acuna's, because he has done it. Javi Baez, Yasiel Puig has done it. But you see all these guys that are 20, maybe 18, 24, I'll call it that range, just because they're the lesser experienced guys. You get a lot of those guys that are hitting what they think is a straight nuke because you understand the feeling of the bat. You've been around the game long enough. You're like, this should go out. But you don't run the ball out, and you end up getting either thrown out or a ball that was at the wall that could have been a triple or a double, you're still standing on either first or second, and you didn't move anywhere. You really didn't do anything for your team. Yeah, you got the energy going, but you could have got it more if you made it to third or you made it to second or whatnot. And now, I think a lot of people are questioning the act like you've been there in the moment because of that, but it's like, dude, there are times to to bat flip and freak out in the right moments. There are times to act like you have been there before. Trey Turner, flip out. Against the against Venezuela, you hit a ball 464 feet or whatever it was. Bat but then flip. is this, again, a generational thing like we've talked about a couple times of if you ask somebody that question over 45, oh. 40, 45, the number's lower than you think it is. My my dad, you know, the number used to be a benchmark of like fifty. 
back when the Bautista bomb happened, each time it seems like that number is creeping lower. Well, and right this, now it's like if you're in your 40s, people in their 40s have a beef with it now for some reason too. And it's like, let's you're playing a game at the end of the day. This is a game. Oh yeah, it's you're not anybody's have friend. Have fun. You're making millions of dollars to play a a, a child's game. And so I, enjoy the moment. Soak it up. You don't know what the heck happens the next day. Exactly. You don't know what that. You, you could be, and this is, you know, a tough example for the World Baseball Classic, but Edwin Diaz, you go from the highest oh. of highs of winning this game to celebrating to hurting yourself during the celebration. Now you're not going to be playing this year for no. the match. So that's part of where my thing of act like you've been there. How about soak up the moment? Yeah. You know, this is not a, a great, you know, not as similar as if you're hitting one of the World Series, but if you're Trey Turner, you've been busting your ass for a long time to get to everything baseball-related you have. How about enjoying the fact that you just hit a nuke that's going to send your team to the quarterfinal? Yeah. Well, and especially, here's here's the thing also, too, that you, you say this. A lot of these guys really haven't been. They've been there before on a different stage, but they haven't been to the World Baseball Classic. Mike Trout hasn't. Trey Turner has not. Ninety um, percent of the team this year was new to the World Baseball Classic, which I think they pretty much do every year. But I mean, these guys are younger guys. Yeah. Like they, they are the generational guys that we all know and love. And you mentioned the fact that any the age gap kind of switches when it comes to this issue. My dad is one of the weirdest dudes of a baseball fan because he didn't play a lot growing up. He loved to watch it and obviously coached me through it and came to my games and everything like that. But the biggest thing about him is he sees the sides to it. He's a guy who loves and hates the pitch clock. He understands it. He wants to try to move the game along just because you get guys that are standing there doing their rituals that take 45 minutes to get into the box. But he also hates it because it's like, okay, you still need time to reset yourself, get in check, and be like, dude, there was a tweet that I saw the other day of somebody got their head thrown at on accident, but it was, it was a ball that buzzed the tower. And he literally stepped out of the box and said, oh, shit, I got a pitch clock. and walked right back in. I'm like, dude, I need to check my pants. I need to check my shoes. Like, I, need to, <laughs> yeah. I, I seriously need to check if I'm, a, if I'm alive. Yeah. And my dad is weird about that. When it comes to the bat flip thing, it depends on who it is and depends on what game it is. <laughs> he will either love it or seriously, he'll either love it or hate it. And I think that's the thing about the bat flip that is so interesting is you get guys that will just love it and hate it regardless. Like sometimes I hate it just because it's like okay, if it's the opposing team, I think hate it strong, but oh, yeah. I don't have you know, if you're getting bat flipped on I don't can't even think of a good example of it, but if you're like in the World Series and that's like it, and you lost the World Series, yeah, you, know, you feel frustration. Oh yeah, but not for the action itself. It's because your pitcher just got lit up like a Christmas tree. Well, and also, like you're not mad about the bat flip. The bat flip's icing on the cake of whatever just happened. Exactly, and so there was, and this ties into that. So there was an instance this last weekend in college baseball, the university of Virginia and a guy by the name of Jake Jelloff. If you guys are college baseball fans, especially looking at like the U S top players and especially a guy that can get drafted. Jake Jelloff is your guy, big power guy. Anyways, he hits a grand slam to take the lead back. And this thing was just destroyed. Like this ball left the bat in a hurry. Like he touched it with air and it was gone before it even hit the barrel. 
this man proceeds to look at his dugout, fire up his dugout, and just absolutely slam the shit out of his bat three feet in front of him. And somebody's comment goes, uh, I think it was like, the kind of the, how disrespectful of that, like, dude, you can't be doing that, whatever. And it's like, how do you think? his dugout. Yeah. But he's not instigating the other team's dugout. Who cares? Yeah. And somebody else was like, bro, the pitcher already screwed up. It's like, yeah, dude, that's the thing. Everybody understands. It's like, or everybody thinks it's like, oh, the batter shouldn't do that. That's such a celebratory thing. Like that's just rubbing it in the face. That's exactly what it is. Because as a pitcher, make a better pitch. Yeah. I was going to say as a pitcher, you made a mistake. Yeah. The amount of if time it's getting hit that hard, that's called uh, you shouldn't have put it down the middle so much, that's, or you shouldn't have lo- it missed location basically. That's called a cock shot fastball. That's literally what that is, and that's <laughs> that's the thing that I love seeing is people making the comment um, about pitchers trying to be in their defense. It's like, dude, that is the last person's defense you need to be in because they fucked the up. If if the pitcher strikes him out and he does a, a double fist pump. And is jacked up. We don't have a problem with that. Nope. Not once have I seen all oh, that other than the Joe Kelly thing, which, which I was here for one thousand awesome. percent. By the way, I loved, loved it a hundred percent. That the whole but lip curl, see Springer. You rarely see a pitcher get somebody butt hurt about the fact that they celebrated, made a face, said whatever to a batter they just struck out. And rarely in a big moment. So too. how is that any? How is that any different than the the guy hitting the bomb? It, it's it's not. not. There's no difference there. Well, and and like I said, the biggest argument there is somebody saying, "Well, and here here's where I'll play devil's advocate because this this point does need to get interjected a little bit." As a pitcher, you may say you throw a slider and it literally breaks from behind the dude's ass. The hitter's literally behind the hitter's back hip cuts all the way on the inside. Somehow this dude decides to swing and put all barrel on it. If he, or it's a high fastball, the guy tomahawks it. It's a low outside slider. He gets barrel, goes opposite field. If you make a pitcher's pitch that is so hard for the hitter to hit that he does put it out and just makes a good swing, good timing, and bat flips, it's like, dude... Tip your hat to him. You made a great pitch. He just fucking yeah. lit it up, and he was ready. He was ready for what pitch you were going to throw. He got yeah. the spot right. But if you leave a yep. cock shot fastball going ninety four down the middle of a plate to a dude who can hit it four hundred and eighty five feet, and he does hit it four hundred and eighty five feet, and just decides to say screw you and yeet his bat, no matter what moment it is, dude, you gotta live with it because you left a cock shot down the dick. And that's that's exactly how it is. Yeah. You so hope, there you go. And yeah. in conclusion, the U.S. <laughs> we, loses. We, we got so many tangents tonight, it's ridiculous. <sighs> in conclusion, the U.S. loses, but it was a heck of a... Uh, heck of a try. Heck of a game. And then we'll, we'll just transition to this. I also didn't think about Pokemon cards today. Oh, so shit. I was just At this point, I was just hoping they... That either the phone line or the Skype figured itself out because I couldn't even get Skype to open last time I tried. I don't even know where my so, Pokemon cards are from the Pokemon last time. Pokemon cards are probably going to be next week. We'll have to do that next I week. I say that. We'll have to text back and forth to it. <laughs> um, uh, 
let's see here. We got to figure out XFL. I've followed it not at all, but I wanted to talk about it. You know, the XFL. (laughs) Nick probably knows less than I do. Oh, bro. So here's our scores from last week. Seattle Sea Dragons beat the Houston Roughnecks 21-14. All these games are on ESPN Plus, too, apparently. Uh, St. Louis Battlehawks lost to the BC Defenders 28-20. Orlando Guardians uh, lost to the Vegas Vipers 35-32. Arlington beat San Antonio 12-10. So... If you're wondering, wow, where is everybody? What's the uh, old standings look like for this? Well, let me tell you, because <laughs> I don't know either. Hold, the on. Hold on, read this. Uh, I gotta defenders. make. I gotta make a clip out of this. Restart. Oh my lord! All right, we're rolling. For those that are, you know, <laughs> those that are familiar with the XFL, because I'm not, <laughs> and Nick's even less than that. So <laughs> going over the standings because if you don't know, I don't know, and I don't. Anyway. Defenders are five and all. Battlehawks three and two. Sea Dragons three and two. Everybody else after that is all oh, the Vipers are one and four. XFL South the Roughnecks are four and one. Renegades three and two. Everybody else is terrible. It's and the there you go. That's the standing through five weeks. Uh, oh, that got me. Let's look at some player stats. Oh lord. Uh, I know nothing, man. I'd like to be on it. Oh, I've never heard of any of these quarterbacks. Ben DiNucci. Oh, Ben DiNucci. I love Ben DiNucci. Who did he play for last? I'm going to look this up because I know Ben DiNucci. Um, well, he's 3-2 and two as a starting quarterback. has amassed nine touchdowns to seven interceptions. There we go. What the hell? I, um, oh, he my leads computer is dying. The top touchdown, Brandon Silvers and A.J. McCarron. Oh, there's a blast. Oh, wow. Get Brent what about runners? Brent Musburger's out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at these names. <laughs> Cody Latimer. Uh, um, Darius Shepard. Lucky Jackson. All right. That's yeah. Cool, we'll leave it right there on that high note. Well, you got a great clip, whatever you got out of there, because oh, I wanted to run through it. I haven't watched it. You haven't watched it. But I'm sure somebody that listens to this has, so I wanted to touch on it. I think my battery got exhausted halfway through that, so we'll have to see where that went. Oh. You hate to see it. Um, so Either way, week, it'll get cut out. We're in week six for those keeping score. It goes to week ten, and it looks like... The top two teams in each division play, and then there's a title game. Uh, so there, XFL. The XFL is here. I'm glad to entertain. That that one seemed to really hit the spot. That there. was too funny. You go for the standings. For anybody who doesn't know, we don't either. But we're gonna roll with it and just went. Also, hey, by the way. Know. Ben DiNucci is from the Dallas Cowboys. He went to James Madison. Ah, there it is. You know, ben I'd like DiNucci. To be, I like to be honest on this show. There you go. You know, we don't know everything. We like to talk about a lot of stuff, though. Uh, now we're going to talk about something I do know about. I am I'm ready to go, man. Playoffs Which, are just around the corner. As you we're do down that, to 11. I'm going to grab 11, another bush latte. Uh, 
Well, we're going to talk about a sport you know a lot about, and that's hockey. So, <laughs> all right. Well, here we go. NHL, two games going on tonight on Wednesday. Penguins beat the Avs 5-2. Oilers and Coyotes are in the first. That score one nothing, but it'll be final by the time you hear it. Here we go. We look at our division standings first. Let's start out in the wonderful Metropolitan Division in the Eastern Conference where the Carolina Hurricanes, through 69 games, have 100 points and lead the East Division. In second place, my New Jersey Devils, 71 of 82 games complete for 98 points and 45 wins, 18 losses and 8 overtime losses. Then it's the Rangers. Remember that team. That's important coming up. 92. Then the Islanders, 82. Everybody else after that, not particularly relevant. How about the Atlantic? Well, Boston's already clinched a playoff spot because they're ridiculously good. 54 wins in 70 games. Damn. That's pretty good. That is 130 points. That's pretty good. Uh, then Toronto, Tampa, Florida, uh, 93, 90, and 79. Uh, everybody else after that, meh. Uh, Western's going to be a doozy as it turns out. Minnesota, we talked about Minnesota and the guy that, you know, was saying some not so nice things to Devils fans uh, a couple of shows back. Uh, Minnesota's had a heck of a run over the last month, give or take. They're up to 90 points, and they are right there with Dallas right now, who's also at 90 points. Colorado's lurking, though. They've got a game left, one more game to play. So they could conceivably be at 92 as well um, because they're at 88 right now. Then Winnipeg, Nashville, St. Louis, who's been a disappointment this year, and everybody else. And then we go to the Pacific. Tell you what, that Jonathan Quick trade from Los Angeles to Columbus and then to Vegas could make for some spicy playoffs if L.A. and Vegas tangle, which could happen. There's a shot. Vegas leads the Pacific. With 94 points, then the Kings, Edmonton, Seattle, Calgary, and, and the rest. So now we blow it up to, we'll go league first, because I like to talk about top teams. Um, I, was trying to, I was talking to somebody who tried to tell me the Western Conference wasn't, wasn't I've met by my brother, who's a Vegas fan. Top three teams are from the East, Boston, Carolina, New Jersey. And then, if you blow it up even further, Six of the top, or five of the top six teams are from the East. One, two, three, five, six. That is Boston, Carolina, New Jersey, Toronto, New York. Vegas is that team in the middle. There's your top six. Uh, Conference-wise, New Jersey's third. We just talked about it. So wild card. Playoff scenarios. Let's start in the West. Top seed in the Central is Dallas. Minnesota and Colorado would play in the first round if it ended today. That's not good for Minnesota. Unless they was I like Colorado in that match. We'll have to set up when we get closer to it. We're going to have to pick hockey postseason bracket. I'll do it. I might not know shit about it, but I'll do it. And your bracket will be better than mine. If it Um, is, I will laugh my ass off. Harder than I did for the XFL. Well... That'd be pretty hard. <laughs> Pacific. I was and so Vegas, happy. Pacific is the top seed. L.A. versus Edmonton in the first round. So the wild card teams are Seattle and Winnipeg. Seattle would get stuck with Dallas. Winnipeg would get stuck with Vegas. That's how the first round would look 
if it ended today, which it doesn't. Um, and then the East. Listen to these matchups in the East. So we'll start with the best team. Boston would get Pittsburgh. Rip to the old Penguins. Islanders would get Carolina, which is fascinating as heck of how that would go. I've got to refresh myself here of where, what Carolina did against the old Islanders this year. Because I'll be honest, I don't follow Carolina particularly closely. Oh, come on. Don't fail me now, computer. Uh, Islanders. Jesus, when did they play the Islanders? Yeah, sing it. Dude. So Carolina beat the Islanders. Let's we'll just get copyright off that. We can't strike from Spotify. Good for us. Carolina uh, beat the Islanders in New York 5-2. And then beat Carolina or beat the Islanders again 3-0. Where's their home game for them, though? Islanders. So that's 2 and 0. That means coming up, they must play them. Islanders. Who are, Islanders. Who are we looking at? Colorado schedule, right? Carolina. Or Carolina, not sorry. Oh, so they play the Islanders on the 2nd of April. So to me, that's interesting uh, how that could play out. Uh, then you have the Devils and Rangers. And that's a. Uh, a historic rivalry there that will be renewed for the first round. And then Toronto-Tampa. And if I'm Toronto, I don't want anything to do with Tampa because I think Tampa's going to start turning that corner and getting hot uh, because they're just a veteran team that's been there before. So that's an early look at the uh, playoffs. For my Devils, last night lost in overtime with 1.3 seconds to go to Minnesota because, of course, we did. We've lost uh, four of our last five. However, there's no panic from this Devils fan. Two of those are to the Lightning. One of those is in a shootout. One was against Carolina or the Panthers, which we just gave back. And one's an overtime loss. And coming up, we've got Buffalo, Ottawa, and New York Islanders. So our schedule lightens up, and we should be able to take two of those three. Woo! Go Devils. Uh, then you got the Rangers. Yeah, right. And then you flip the calendar to April, and you've got Chicago, Winnipeg, Pittsburgh, Columbus, before Boston, Buffalo, Washington. April seems like it should go pretty well. I mean, the showdown in Boston on Saturday the 8th will be hopefully a tremendous game. But, you know, it's closing in where you can start penciling in playoffs and and by golly, no, pencil it in. The NHL playoffs are coming. Pencil it in. New Jersey's going to have a first-round game with the Rangers. Barring a monumental collapse from the New York Rangers. Because they're only 10 points ahead of the Islanders, who only have nine games left. Or 10 games left, I should say. So, it is mathematically possible. They could conceivably catch the Rangers, but it's not likely. So you're saying there's a chance. There is an outside chance. <laughs> also, third quarter, 38-3. to three. 
38. Falcons over. Oh, I was like 38 to 3. What game were we talking about? Holy shit. 38 to 3. <laughs> Falcons are taking it to Minnesota. Oh, that's funny. I was like, what so, game are we talking about here? Yeah. Well, that's the game we're talking about. There you go. It's a Minnesota playoff game. Oh. Well, then we need oh. to. First need... down. Falcons down to the Minnesota 26 down. If you want a true Minnesota playoff game, we need missed field goals out the ass. Well, what about just not scoring anything? Uh, yeah, and then getting just extremely lucky maybe six years down the road to possibly get into an NFC championship and then choking. Well, Aaron Rodgers is going to be going there soon. No. If he follows his predecessor, yeah. Because he's going to New York, and he, which is where Favre did. No, he want. well, yes. So, and that's, my girlfriend's dad no, made that. No, well, yeah. Yes. Thank so, you for the most uh, Midwestern response of all time. <laughs> no, but. <laughs> no, well, yes. So. All right, two-point conversion's good, and the butt whooping continues. Yeah. It is now 46 to 3. I'm. I'm kind of sorry about this. This comment might be a little hit or miss. I think Aaron Rodgers needs to possibly think about slowing down. He's still a really like, good quarterback. Hiring? Yeah, he's he's still a great quarterback. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, it's like, dude, you complain about literally everybody. And it's mm-hmm. it's for the small, like he... He's holding the Jets hostage with what he wants them to bring. I'm like, dude... You have you have a lot of room, but yet no room to talk at the same time. Because all you do is just literally during the off season, you leave your team, you leave people, and just basically go say, "I'm gonna go on a retreat," and then you just leave. No, nobody knows where you go. Nobody knows what you do. It's like great, you can have your free time, yeah, but it's not this whole spiritual thing. Like it, it's some weird ass thing. It's called for him. free time. That's yeah. what us poor people do on weekends. Exactly. <laughs> But at the Those same... of us working schmucks that have, you know, just regular jobs. That's what we do. We just go and hang out and do something to avoid work on the weekend. You but don't need so to make weird. a spiritual experience. He's so weird about it. Like, that's mm-hmm. the thing that I don't get. Because like, he just feels said, like he's better than everybody oh, else. Oh, yeah. He'll... He went on the play, or he was on the field twice this year, and I saw the replay. He was yelling at Matt Lafleur for something. It's like, dude, you have the opportunity to call the check down. Like, I guarantee you, Matt Lafleur has given you the offense. If you want to check it down, that's fine. Or if he calls an audible and screws up, that's fine. That's his fault. Don't just fucking yell at your coach. That is that is your that is your seniority right there. That is your next yeah, he person doesn't up. Respect his coaches. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't respect his coach. He doesn't respect his front office, which at the same time, no offense, that Green, Green Bay's front office has not done anything to help that. Not great. Not great at all. Yeah. So if you're really looking at the situation, I'm sorry. The Rodgers train has sailed, and we need to possibly check off the last quarterback on you and I's generational list of... Right. Well, here's my favorite part of this. Packers fans want to cry and complain. Oh, yeah. Here's the deal. I'm sure we've talked about this before. 1994 to now. 30-plus years of generational quarterback play. What do you have to show for? Mm-hmm. Two Super Bowl wins. You got a bunch of NFC North championships. Congratulations. You beat Detroit, who's always bad. 
Minnesota, who can't win a primetime game, and Chicago, who's, for the most part in those years, also bad. Like, a division title is great, but if you don't ever do anything, then you win two titles, one with Favre and one with Rodgers. Yeah. Other than that, you're a comedy of quick exits in the playoffs. Well, and that's the sad thing. You had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Like, you had literally the same... I wouldn't say the same person because I know a lot of Packers fans will. And but football they're generational. Yeah. Two but, generational uh, quarterbacks in a row. You got that and you do lucky. Nothing. Yeah, you got and that you do lucky. Nothing. That's just. You know, you, you win title. You win two titles, sure. But on the grand scheme of things, for what could have been, you did nothing. Two Super Bowls. Okay. 30 years. NFC, multiple NFC championships. Okay. Like, dude, give me give me seven All Super right, Bowls. Mr. Mackey, tell us about it. Yes. The Green Bay Packers are bad, okay? Green Bay Packers are bad, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This Mr. Mackey impression needs to come out more. I'm digging it, man. <laughs> the Bears are bad, okay? The Bears are bad, okay? <laughs> <laughs> But, oh, no, like it's seriously. I, I'm it. It really is bad. Like I get the fact that you're not gonna have the greatest teams every single year. You're not gonna have the talent that you should have every single year because it, players will probably try to leave somewhere to see if they can win with a different team. You might end up with a contract difference. You might end up with something where you don't truly have a spot on the roster, so you have to literally trade away or you have to do something different. Like there, there are reasons that people get traded. There are reasons that team lose or teams lose a lot of talent and whatnot. I get it, but it's like, dude, right? You had teams. You had the opportunities to do something like that. You were there and you were ready and you were good and you were flopping miserably <laughs> at times. Even with Brett Far, like Brett Favre, will go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game of football. Mm-hmm. Like, I watched a couple of Brett Favre, game, or Brett Favre games. I was lucky enough to still be on the back half of his generation. And then we get to Aaron Rodgers, and I'm like, all right, this guy's pretty good. We get to the Peyton Manning. We get to Tom Brady. We get to, like, our generation of quarterbacks, and we're like, all right, we have a good generation now. And you look at some of the guys from our generation. Drew Brees. Or like, yeah, Drew Brees, throw him on the list. I mean, the man... What, the Saints won one Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'll but get you. more importantly for him, he led a city out of mass destruction oh, after yeah. Hurricane Katrina. That and, was know, the poeticness me, behind that's it. That's where, I was going to say, that's where, I mean, I have monster respect. Oh, I couldn't yeah. imagine being in that position. I mean, that's a, that's got to be a daunting thing because you know everybody's going to be like, you got to lean on something yeah. and hope hope the hell your football team's good. We got it's like we got to win this. Like we've been struggling. We need something to win. And it's like all right, Drew Brees just put the city the entire state of Louisiana on his back and said, "Let's go." Yep. And you know, they get to that NFC title against Chicago in 06 when they make that improbable run but don't win it. And I mean, even then you're like, that's impressive. Yeah. I mean, that's that's nuts. So yeah. Well, and you can argue in the NFL there are multiple like 
multiple things of, all right, this quarterback or this team should have won more Super Bowls, but here's the real logic behind it. There are quarterbacks that are like... Like they Dan might... Marino in the 80s. And yes. 90s. Exactly. One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time that never got a ring. Oh, boy. How many... And then you... Where are we going, Where are we going with that one? Well, I was just saying, you know, that's... That that is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, and so like you, I mean, there are so many other teams that have been just phenomenal football teams. Fell short. New England, they fell short again. And granted, New England has won many, many, many Super Bowls, but you get a New York Giants team. You are looking for the first undefeated season in NFL history. Since the 1972 Miami Dolphins. Yeah. And you lose. Like, they're... You Which had every, we all wanted. Oh, yeah. Everybody everybody was like, if there's going to be a team to do it, wanted. if there's going to be a team to do it, it can't be New England. And uh, Which everybody has a personal vendetta against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Fine. Well, everybody can have it. Well, it's the whole Boston sports market because the Boston fans do it for themselves. Oh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but it's like, at the same time, they lost. What was their excuse? Like... They had a team that should have went undefeated because that was still when they had Randy Moss, wasn't it? Mm, I think so. Or, yeah. The Detroit Lions. You had Calvin Johnson and Matthew Stafford, and you had a decent offense, yet you were one of the worst teams in football all the well, time. Well, it all made, it all happened once Megatron left, and they made that one playoff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, still. And smoked. You had one of the most talented receivers in NFL history, obviously one of the biggest receivers in NFL history, and you couldn't do shit as a receiving core. You And you had Matthew Stafford, who at the same time wasn't by any means the greatest, but he was never horrible. Like, Matthew Stafford has been consistent. Consistently bad or consistently good, depending on where you look. That's your opinion. But at the same time, Matthew Stafford has been there for the Lions. He's been there for the city of Detroit. Like, he has been a quarterback for that team. He's been a franchise quarterback. You look at now, our day and age, you've got Patrick Mahomes. Won multiple Super Bowls now. And just a -a once-in-a-lifetime highlight reel generational guy. You've got a guy like Jalen Hurts who is looking to become the next Mahomes on just the highlight reel factor. But he had personally his skill set could be better than Mahomes. He just has to fine tune some things. Mahomes fine tuned it faster. That's the thing. You have so many different quarterbacks now, and the play style is different than guys that were just I'm going to heave up the ball 400 yards, and then this is how I win games. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like you said, there are so many teams that have had a lot of different guys to be able to win. Super Bowls and haven't. <laughs> the Packers were one of those teams. You're not lying. Oh. Another touchdown for those in case you can't hear it through my wonderful microphone. The uh, old Falcons just got another one. It's uh, 58-3 in the fourth. I'm surprised you're not playing against the Vikings. <laughs> I am playing against the Vikings. No, as the and Vikings. I'm Oh, I don't like Minnesota. I know you don't. That was the joke. Come on. You're a Bears fan. Well, you know, it's 60 to 3. Depends so. on, yeah, it depends on the day that you're a Bears fan. <laughs> Every day uh, you, know, you claim. Asked, every- here's a great question. I was at work the other day, and 
I was asked this question. If you could see one game of the following. Okay. For me, it was the Bears in a Super Bowl, the Blue Jays in Game 7, or the Devils in Game 7. Which one would you pick? Oh. Immediately, Bears were just off the, off the thing. Oh, yeah. Like, no. It is either, you know, the Devils Game 7 or Blue Jays Game 7. And I, after a, a questionable amount of time pondering that question, I landed on Blue Jays Game 7. Just because I have not seen, you know, I haven't seen either Devils or Blue Jays. Yeah, but there's a, you haven't been home to Canada. There's a potential to go to Canada to see the Blue Jays play in a game seven. Right. Right. You can go to Newark whenever you want. And granted, you probably might not be able to make it for a game seven in Newark because the tickets are going to be literally more than your car. (laughs) Like, you're. Well, I was looking. Early like viewpoint for the first round of Devils Rangers. Oh my God! Granted, I think they're a bunch of scalpers. Yeah. So like the ticket prices are like skewed. But the first look was mm, probably not doing that this year. Not till I'm rich. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> well, shit. I wonder. But that's because right. Devils Rangers, though. But right. so yeah, what would yours be in that situation? Of you get to pick one title. You know, one game seven, one Super Bowl, one national championship game. <laughs> I was going to say, can we throw a national title on that? Yeah. Please. Yeah. Like, what if, you're, if you had one opportunity to see one of your teams all right. in the title and they're all playing the same day, who do you pick? Okay, so give me – you got to give me the scenarios because I need you to pick it because I would probably make a stupid decision here. So pick, so, me, pick me out any – any scenario, so pick me out so the I'm team, thinking, pick me out whatever you play. So let's see, what do we got here? We got Cubs game seven, Florida Panthers game seven, Nebraska football title game, your NFL team I'm blanking on Broncos. at the moment. The Broncos in a Super Bowl. Uh, I think that's it. Unless you want to pick... One of your college, one of your, your college baseball team to win the college World Series. Well, okay, so, so I will say, being on a college baseball like playoff, like for or the college World Series final, that is just on my bucket list in general. But that's not, I'm not throwing that one on there unless it would be either Nebraska or Texas. But right. So there's your. So option. I've got a Cubs game seven, Panthers, Florida Panthers game seven for the NHL playoffs, yep. Broncos Super Bowl. And a GBR national title. All of them are playing the exact same day, and you can only get one ticket. Oh my god! All right, so right. Okay, so here's <laughs> you're my... about to have the dilemma that I just had with Blue Jays and Devils, <laughs> and I sat there for 15 minutes. <laughs> I don't know. Like you just talked yourself in. Like, it, wouldn't it be just terrific uh, to be in Newark and hear that buzzer sound and that place rocking an overtime winner? But Oh, yeah. So okay, here's now we get to hear your mindset of what you were picking here. All right. So this might be this might be tough for a lot of people, and this is probably <laughs> going to change at some point. But this is my mindset thinking of right now, and everybody's going to be like, "Why the freaking hell did you pick this, you dumbass?" So okay, <laughs> I love hockey, but I am not a truly <laughs> devoted Panthers fan. Like, I, I just have not watched a lot of games. Like, I still cheer for them. Like, I want to watch a lot of games. I just have not had a lot of time to sit down, watch games, find them, yada, yada, yada. So, Panthers are on the bottom of my list. 
the Cubs I have seen already win a title, breaking the streak right. of 108 years. Right. But that would be number two on my list. Ooh, that's higher than I thought it'd be. The Broncos are probably going to be sitting at the third spot on my list just because I've seen them win a Super Bowl already, but I've seen them be in two in my lifetime. But I also saw that on TV with Peyton Manning. That's hard to beat. Would still love to. <laughs> I would still love to see a pony ride for a Super Bowl. And this is where everybody's going to call me a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, JC. Knows I had where a pretty good idea this. where this was going from the start, but. All right. <laughs> I would seriously throw this on the top of my list to go buy a ticket and watch this happen solely for the purpose of just like my childhood and just life. Nebraska football winning a national title is number one. How did I know that? It's, I I would say for my entire life, and granted, besides just being born in the state, whatever, this and probably the Cubs just for baseball alone, but Nebraska football has been my most devoted sport day in, day mm. out, every season, every year. I'm watching the Husker game, or at least keeping the updates of it. There's a beer in my hand for a Husker game. There is a cheeseburger. There's a hot dog. There's pop. There's candy right. corn and peanuts every single college football Saturday with a Nebraska right. game on. Like This has been tradition for my life. It will, it will remain the top of my list now. Like I said, the Cubs is a close second because I just love baseball and would love to go see a World Series Game 7. Like, could you imagine that? Because, like, you picked the Blue Jays for your top, didn't you? Or you picked the mm. Devils? Well, I picked the Blue Jays, but it was it, it's hyper close. Yeah. See, like, normally you wouldn't have to worry about it. Yeah. Because it's how the season's slow. The Devils are going to be playing their world or their uh, title in June, July, June. I yeah. Um, they're going to be playing for the Stanley Cup in June. And obviously, the baseball doesn't get rolling until the fall, the postseason, I guess. Well, so, and, that, and so, okay. But yeah, it. for that situation where everything's on the same day, I don't know, man. That'd be tough, but I, I would take Blue Jays. Just because, like you said, I have been a diehard for uh, a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and there's certain moments with certain teams that you remember. Like, for example, I remember exactly where I was when the Broncos beat Carolina for the Super Bowl. I remember exactly where I was when Chicago won the World Series. I remember every single playoff championship, mostly because I have it on, or like playoff um, game that year. I even remember the years prior. I remember 2015 and 2014. I remember the 2015 year when Kyle Schwarber hit the ball onto the scoreboard. Like, I remember all of those moments from that. I remember, um, I remember the Big Ten championships with or the Big Ten and the two Big Twelve championships that Nebraska was in before moving to the Big Ten. Like Florida Panthers, they haven't won a Stanley Cup since I've been alive. I was gonna say, you got all these great memories of titles. I have not seen other than Chicago once, I have not seen any of my teams in titles. Because New Jersey's last title was twenty twelve and I only became a fan, say twenty sixteen, seventeen, somewhere in there. When I was in high school, right at the beginning of college, the Blue Jays was well before that, but we've already hashed out a multitude oh, yeah. of times on this show how they just don't make the playoffs up until recently, in about 2015, uh, 2014, 2015, somewhere in there. Yeah. So where you're like checking off teams because I've seen that, done that. I saw Chicago get to one when I was like five when they lost to Peyton Manning and the Colts. 
in rainy Miami because Rex Grossman couldn't hold on to the football. Good Lord. Rex Grossman, oh my Lord. But other than that, so that's why it was so hard for me. It's because none of my teams have won anything. Well, I've, I've seen one title in my entire sports watching career. I mean, I saw Colorado football in the uh, uh, Pac-12 when Stefo Lufau got hurt. Yeah, which was and that was clear back in like 2015. Well, and well, Colorado and then they got in... smoked by Oklahoma State in the bowl game. Well, and Colorado was actually um, two years ago. They played Utah in the college or in the Pac-12 championship. And got smoked. Yeah, but I don't think they made. Did they make it to? I don't think they made it to. to, to what year is that? I want to say. I want to say it was in the Let's last challenge. I was gonna say I know it's within the last couple of years because they played Utah in a Pac-12 championship game. Because I've watched it. If not, it was to see who gets to the Pac-12 championship game. I don't think. Hold on. I'm throwing the challenge flag on this. I don't You're think good. they did. You I could, think there was a week. I think there was a last like week to determine. Well, and like I said, I, I could be wrong because I'm. I was 100. percent Either it was to get to the title game or it was in the title game, and I'm probably wrong on both of those as well. But well, and like another one of my teams, the Toronto Raptors. I've seen Nick Nurse and the Raptors win when they had um, uh, Kawhi Leonard. I saw that tournament. I saw all of that entire run. And I was in Storm Lake for the night that they won it, and I saw the last shot, and I saw everything about it. So I have seen every – I haven't seen Nebraska win a conference title in my livelihood or a national title. I have seen the Cubs win a World Series and two NLCSs. All right, there we go. History. Here's the results. So the last few, the last time Colorado played was 2016 when they got absolutely just shit rocked by Washington. The last few years has been USC lost to Utah last year. Utah beat Oregon the year before. Oregon over UC, USC. Oregon over Utah. Washington over Utah. USC over Stanford. Like I said, Colorado getting bodied forty-one to ten, which was that was tough. Um, but yeah, and then we got absolutely annihilated in the bowl game that year by uh, Oklahoma State, thirty-eight to eight. I don't even need to look that up because <laughs> I remember that score so vividly. We got to the uh, Alamo Bowl, I think, and Oklahoma State was top fifteen. Uh, because that year, who was the highlight we beat? Back in 2015? That would have been 2016. 16, oh boy. Who was that year? So we would have beat, we beat Utah and Boulder 27-22. We beat Washington State, who was ranked 38-24. We pounded, Arizona, we pounded Arizona 49-24. Beat UCLA twenty to ten. Beat Stanford ten to five. Beat Arizona State forty to sixteen. Beat Oregon State forty seven to six. Beat Oregon in a doozy of a game forty one thirty eight. Beat Idaho State and Colorado State fifty six to seven and forty four to seven. 
lost to Michigan at number four, Michigan, four, 45-28, and then barely lost to USC, but we never have beaten USC ever in the history of Colorado in the Pac-12 and lost 21-17 before getting annihilated in the title and in the bowl game. So, Man. yeah, it, that's the last title we've been to. Oh, that's – well, and see, because, like, the last title that Nebraska was in was back, what, 20 – say 2014, so, Oh, this is Big Ten. Yeah. Oh, this is a – Whoops, not Wisconsin, but I could look at Wisconsin's schedule because that was the same team that – Now let's just review that because no. I – we, we, we got we well. got a misdiscussion. We got um, on the discussion. It's not a good because one. Because you but... didn't believe me of how bad they got beat by Ohio State. Where is football? Why is, why is this I want to say the last conference championship we were in was 2011 for the Big Ten. Nope, it was not. last conference championship you guys were in was back in... Jesus. Was it, 20, it, was 20, it was 2012. 2012? Yeah, seventy Wisconsin annihilated you guys. And this was after you, Nebraska came in with the whole big dick swinging thing of we're going to change the Big Ten culture. Yeah. And then made the run to the title game. And every person that was a, even a little bit of a Big Ten fan was like, I hope Wisconsin fucking kills them. And so this And was then the... Wisconsin went on to kill you. Well, and this was the best part about this season. So here's the first four games Southern Miss win. UCLA lost by six. Start start the loss by seven or less there. Fuck. Arkansas State win. Idaho State seventy three to seven. Like why, people? Let's schedule some tough teams. Wisconsin on September 29th. Three point win, thirty to twenty seven. Next week, Ohio State sixty three to thirty eight loss to the number twelve Ohio State. Of that particular game is listed on Wikipedia as 106,102. Yeah. Holy cow. And that was at the Horseshoe in Columbus. And that's the game that uh, you thought was the title last time because I remember watching Ohio State just ramrod Nebraska. Well, I remember the last. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember Wisconsin because there's all over Twitter, every time college football comes up, one of the best hits in college football that ever got flagged was Kenny Bell on Wisconsin. Anyways, um, <laughs> Northwestern win by one what, er, against Michigan, 23-9. to That's a win. That's a ranked opponent. Michigan State win, Penn State win, Minnesota win, Iowa win. Get to the Big Ten Championship. So we had two losses that year, only one conference loss, and that was to Ohio State. Then we get to the Big Ten Championship game, and all of a sudden – Taylor Martinez decides to just say, here, I'm going to heave up everything and just get shit stomped by Wisconsin 70-31. We go into the Capital One Bowl against Georgia, ranked number seven in the country, and we get shit stomped there, even though it was only a 45-31. We got shit stomped because I remember watching that game. That was not fun. Throw it back to the (laughs) year before. The first year we were in the big, right? This was the first year. Hold on. I'm going to fact check this really fast. Yeah, this was okay. So this was the first year that we were in the Big Ten champ or in the Big Ten conference in 2011. Chattanooga win, Fresno State win, Washington win, Wyoming win. Chattanooga, yeah. come on! Well, what are you in the SEC? Yeah, that's not even a, a opponent much. you should be playing. 
number seven, Wisconsin, lost 48 to 17. Ohio State win. 48 to 17. <laughs> Ohio State was a win, 34 to 27. Minnesota was a win, 41 to 40 or to 14. Michigan State win, 24 to 3. That was a ranked opponent win. Northwestern lost 28 to 25. Penn State. Ranked opponent number twelve win seventeen to four or seventeen to fourteen. Michigan steamrolled ranked opponent forty five to seventeen. Throw it to Iowa at the end of the year twenty to seventeen victory in the first time they played in the Big Ten as the Heroes game. Then you go to Capital One Bowl, South Carolina back to back years at the Capital One Bowl. Uh, we got steamrolled thirty to thirteen in a uh, good old conf- or in a good old ranked opponent matchup. Then. If you really want to be specific, Nebraska loses within three of four years from going from 2009 to 2012, loses three conference titles in two different conferences. Because 2010, we lose the um, Big 12 title to Oklahoma, 23-20. to that was the first year that uh, Taylor Martinez was quarterback. We also had Roy Hello Jr., which if anybody doesn't know Nebraska football, Roy Hello Jr. was a big name because we had him and Rex Burkhead. That was a fucking dynamic duo. Then we go to the Bridgepoint Education Holiday Bowl. Oh, my gosh. That is a name and a half. We go to the Holiday Bowl, lose to Washington 19-7. And then, obviously, this was also when, here, this is how old this is. Missouri was ranked six in the country for college football that year. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Missouri was ranked six in the country, and Texas A&M was still in the Big 12. <laughs> and so was Missouri and Colorado. <sighs> been a while. It's been a while, because then the year before, everybody knows the one second wave for Mac Brown when we lost, or when we, but I should say, they lost to Texas. Oh my gosh, that was when we still had Zach Lee in the last year, Roy Hello Jr. for, oh my gosh, looking at all these names is just so nostalgic. Throwing it back to the good old days. Oh yeah, but anyways, well, because <laughs> this makes me feel like an old fan going all the way back through my glory days of Nebraska football, even though they still weren't glory. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh. And this, I'll tell you all this. You know who was coaching during all of these years that we were going 10 and 4 and 10 and 4 and 10 and 4 and making it to bowl games and going. Bo Polini. Bo And you know who they ran out of town when he was still winning 10 games a season? Bo Polini. Gosh. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Uh, I, yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, it seems like we're in a good jumping off point here. So let's jump. Switch gears. We talked about one thing I did since our last podcast. Let's talk about another. Are you familiar with the group Power Man 5000? I am familiar with Power Man 5000. All right. Well, I saw them up close and personal a couple Hell, weeks back. Yeah. Uh, the 11th of March in Sioux City at the Hard Rock Casino. They were with Allborn an Eastern Isle rock band. You hadn't heard of them. I hadn't heard of them. They were all right. Okay. Uh, but Power Man 5000, if you ever get the chance, see them. They are electric, man. They are so good. Uh, for those that aren't familiar, we're not going to play any music on this podcast because I don't want sued. 
I don't have the money to get sued. So. I, I definitely <laughs> do not have the money to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> but our combined money is about eight cents at the moment. Probably. So probably not on the top of our list. But so we'll talk about some of their hits. Nobody's real. Super villain. Their newer, new-ish one, black lipstick, is really good. How to be human. Bombshell. Supernova goes pop. When worlds collide. I think I said how to be human. Yep. Uh, v is for vampire was one they played at their uh, show. Footsteps and voices. Invade, destroy, repeat. Uh, another one they played at their uh, show. Like I said, oh, and then, you know, you look at songs they didn't play, Sid Vicious and Address. Uh, boy, what else do we got? I'm trying to think here. Action. Uh, that pretty much sums it up. But yeah, they are terrific. 110% recommend if you have the opportunity to see them. And they got uh, some good hits. They have some good hits. He's the brother of Rob Zombie, for those that don't know, too. You know, I'm watching YouTube videos of people reacting to their song, Black Lipstick. Every single one of them has the need to bring up the random fact that Spider-1, the lead singer of Power Man 5000, is the brother of Rob Zombie. Because apparently people don't know that. Well, what was it? I saw the other day when we were walking through Wells Fargo Arena at an Iowa Wild game. There was a Rob Zombie and oh I yeah we did that too thing yeah we have done that and since. there was a Devil's Game in there too that I yep. completely forgot about. Well, I was gonna say Seven, I think we talked about that, didn't we? Uh, yeah, no, you talked about think, your you talked about your hockey trip, and that was before we went on the couple of week hiatus where the phones were oh, shitting. Well, we're going all the way back then, the Iowa Wild boss, but we had yeah, a that was a fun time. The New Jersey Devils the following day. Nice little plane ride out to Newark. And, you know, via Detroit. Because you Sorry got to it. interrupt you. your Power Man story. There, You're good. Um, seven, nothing. New Jersey beats Philly on the celebration of the 20th uh, anniversary of the 2003 title. Replica ring, baby. There I have a go. New Jersey Devils replica ring from 2003. It is awesome. I was going to say, I remember you telling me about that where we were sitting there and you were like, oh, I'm going to be one of the first people in line. And I was like, I And I was one it. of the first people in line. I wanted to leave no doubt that I was getting one of those rings that are probably worthless, but they look pretty freaking cool. Oh, I yeah. Dude, if you can get so it there for you go. That's I was going to say, if you can get a ticket, but you can get it for free, like the ring for free and don't have to buy it, I would say it doesn't matter if it looks stupid or not. Just put it in your shadow box and let it ride, man. Yeah, yeah it is awesome. But anyway, back to your Power Man 5000, because before I had the realization of, God, it's been a while since I've been it's, on here. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I was going to say, it was just it was more of a um, throwing it to like the Rob Zombie thing, because you mentioned that he is the brother of Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie is apparently coming mm. to Des Moines. Um Oh man! I believe, I believe, if I saw this right, there may be a person coming with him of good descent of music, and by good descent, uh, I well, mean rock. Rob Zombie Des Moines. Well, let's see if it's a Saturday. I can come down to Des Moines and rock out with Rob Zombie. If this is the poster, oh, that I, yeah. Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper. Yep. With ministry and filter. Saturday, it's a Saturday. Oh, Saturday. man. Saturday, September 2nd. 
I saw them on the Freaks on Parade tour last year when it was Rob Zombie, uh, Power Man 5000, and Mudbane. That would oh, and be... Static X was there, too. I was going to say. Dude, Mudbane. Ooh. Audrey loves. Oh, we might have to make a podcast trip, man. We might have Saturday, to. Saturday, September 2nd. We Rob might have Zombie to be a podcast Coop. morning. <sighs> well, we had one impromptu podcast outing. <laughs> we have. We might actually have to actually plan one. Yeah, because what was it? We were we were all talking talking that or like the week and a half before going to the Iowa Wild game, um, right? And Audrey and I were in Walmart, and JC, out of the kindness of his heart, um, over Christmas sent me a twenty or sent me a fifty dollar like certificate for Walmart, like through like a gift card for in. the hard work on the podcast, and so. In appreciation, I was looking to spend. And so we were buying a new TV, and I texted him. I was like, hey, like, how does this work? Like, I've never, like, gotten an automated gift card before, like, online. And he goes, I think you just type it in. And so we were laughing about that. And all of a sudden, he sends me a text that says, hey, Iowa Wild Game, $2 beer night here, which was a weekend. And I look over at Audrey, yeah. and I'm just kind of laughing because she goes, uh, she had mentioned that there was an Iowa Wild Game. Like, 30 minutes before that. And I was like, yeah, we can think about maybe going. And <laughs> all of a sudden, you sent it with $2 beer night, and she was immediately on it. And I was like, sold. <laughs> I was like, I didn't have to. I was like, I didn't have to explain. Oh, yeah. I didn't have to get on it. Like, I didn't have to try to sell. Like, I was already there. Wow. He's <laughs> like one of the boys. He heard $2 oh. beer night. Uh, tell me less. I'm already there. Well, she just she loves going to hockey games and she loves the experience, but she knew it would be fun because you and I would get to like enjoy the night and just like chill and actually like catch up again in person. And she goes, "Tell JC we're in," and I was like, "All right, sold. I didn't have to sell you on that." So, and with hockey, you never really do because she will she will spend spend money on hockey games because I will too because I love hockey. Hockey is fun. Hockey is so easy to like. Oh yeah, like. It's it's sometimes hard to watch when you're not actually going to the games. Like for me, as a hockey fan that enjoys going to the games and being a part of the atmosphere, hockey is really fun to go to and watch. And I will sit and watch a couple of games if I have people to watch it with. Otherwise, it's not my personal opinion to just sit down and say, "Hey, let's see who's you playing." You sound like some- my brother. Yeah, my brother has that same thing. If it's not in person, I'm not exactly inclined to watch it. I am not. I am ride or die New Jersey baby. <laughs> Well, see, that's me. Like, baseball games. I'll sit and watch baseball games a lot. NBA, I will not yep, watch. Same Even well, back, I hate the NBA. Yeah. But. Raptors games, I'll sit and watch every now and then, or at least try to see if I can find part of one. Florida Panthers games, I've actually looked and tried to see if I can find some. Um, otherwise, like, <clears throat> I, yeah. If I don't have to go fully out of my way, it it's hockey's <laughs> not something I will always watch, but I want to start getting into it because I do enjoy watch, and I also want to just hear the commentary on TV about hockey because it's a very different calling experience. You know what I mean? Right. So. Yeah, someday we'll have to have a watch party for the old Devils and uh, Florida, Florida Panthers. Panthers. I think down. they're done playing for this year, but someday. Yeah, there you go. You got to pitch the idea of Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper on September second. Oh Lord, <laughs> she but she's a big Rob Zombie fan, so that might actually happen. See, it. See it, what she has to say on that. There you go. Well, she's got clinical tomorrow, so she's in bed. She wakes up at five. 
Well, not literally. This <laughs> takes a second, but just in general, it's Saturday, which yeah, is yeah. one step. When you know, like you, I work five days a week, so like. Well, this week I work like seven a, days a week. Well, way to way to one up me. Well, sorry, but this <laughs> well, week you're I doing did. something cool though. So yeah, why don't we talk about that? All right, you're well, going and doing something cool. Well, okay, so here for for a disclaimer here. I have gone to do cool stuff in the past. Like, I have gone to a fishing trip yeah. to Florida with my job. I have gone turkey hunting this time last year in Nebraska. But the last couple of trips, because I got newly handled into being the social media director for Raised Hunting, I, I have, hear that. Yeah. It's just <laughs> like I have not gone on the trips. But also, I'm one year into the company. So it's like mm-hmm. I am a new cameraman still. Need to learn the ropes. Still need to be a part of, like, I have never stalked an antelope in my life. I have never stalked anything in my life when it comes to the hunting world, or we'll right. say this just to clear my name for anything, the person world. Because I know somebody's going to... I don't think anybody was inferring that, but thank you for the clarification. It's, it's 2023. <laughs> You're going to get extreme, extremely expedited for everything. So anyways, <clears throat> I have not been on a lot of hunts in my life. So I understand the fact of it's like, for the antelope hunt this last time, they were going to try to do a lot of spot and stock and stuff like that. So I was like, I'll stay here. It's fine. I'm good with it. But this Friday, I am getting on a plane with my boss's kid, and we are going to the good old state of Alabama. Boom, doom, And copyright. Anyways, we are going to, him and I are going to be filming turkey hunts for a couple of kids that they went on the squirrel master classic trip, which for those of you who don't know, which a lot of people probably will not, whoever listens to this podcast will not basically what the squirrel master classic is, is one of our sponsors is an adult like air gun. Like think of red rider Christmas story. You'll shoot your eye out now up it by a caliber. And you're basically shooting a high powered airsoft gun, like a high powered BB gun, which is pretty fun. Um, but they go and they squirrel hunt down in the timber in Alabama. Well, a, one of the families wanted us to come down, so we're going turkey hunting with their boys, and me and Easton Holder are filming it. So that's going to be super, super fun. We leave Friday. We hunt for two days, so Saturday, Sunday, we're going to be sitting in the timber and just trekking through it, and then we come back Monday morning, and then turkey season in Iowa starts mm, Excuse me, April 18th, and then at the end of April, your boy gets to go to Wyoming to go film turkey hunting. So I'm going to be traveling. Yeah, I'm going to be traveling a lot to a couple different states here before April is done and before March you is done. But love to hear it. Yeah. So the podcast may be, we'll figure it out as we go because as you all know. Well, it's hard to be more sporadic than it's already been there. So. Yeah, because yeah. we got on this show and we run on we, the schedule of we post something when we want to post something <laughs> we, we got it which we want to try to post this at least get the audio out in a timely manner we'll get the brackets mm-hmm. we'll get the clips out hopefully by tomorrow because i'll try to do some editing tomorrow um beforehand right. of clips yeah we'll try um, to get the old audio put to spotify because oh, yeah. tonight it, or, oh, yeah relevant information and so but anyways, we were sitting talking about this, and we were like, what are we going to talk about? And I was like, dude, we have a lot to talk about, just because we haven't been on the show together in, like, weeks. Like, we are now two hours and 15 minutes into this show, and, yeah, like, I texted my buddy, 
from Kenny. And I was like, yep, we're on a two-hour show. And he goes, you guys are doing it for two hours? And I'm like, yeah, we <laughs> had a lot to talk about. That's eventually with us cutting it off, too. I mean, we can go longer than that. Yeah, if we wanted to, we could literally give you an intermission, cut it at this time, and go to the bathroom, <laughs> and then come back. Are we going to do that? No, because right. we're sane and we have lives. As as podcast oriented as they are, we have lives. So with that, I mean, so, if that's a perfect segue, do you have anything else to add? Well, I'm just saying, you know, I'm looking at Rob Zombie tickets anywhere from thirty nine fifty to three hundred and ninety nine fifty. Holy shit! Okay, let's look you at the thirty nine. Standing room only for one hundred and thirty. Oh wow. Lord Almighty! Well, so yeah, we better jump on him because you know. I don't Anywhere know. From sixty to ninety. We'll have to figure that out. Get some, some for uh, lower than that, but yeah, or jump on it. So yeah, you better ask her whenever you, whenever she's not sleeping. I was gonna say <laughs> this, and this is the bad time to try to go to concert because we have three or four weddings back to back at the end of July and one in September, and like. I'm just sitting here like, oh my gosh, my. Well, this is September second. Yeah, so maybe I know. maybe it won't work. Well, July. But hey, after, you got to pitch the well, idea at least. <laughs> I was gonna say from July to September, my wallet will be screaming. We'll see what we can do. That might have to be a. I got to go see Rob Zombie. Final. So this might be one of the final segues. I guarantee you something. So last week, <laughs> was it last week or was it this week? No, I think it was. No, ah. I can't remember. Okay, so within the last two weeks here, somebody can fact check me on this. A couple of weeks before this, Audrey goes, dude, you're not going to believe this. This is one of the weirdest things, but I would go to this concert. And I was like, oh, Lord, now I'm terrified. And she goes, you're never going to guess who's coming to Des Moines. And I was like, is it Shaggy again? And she goes, no, better. I was like, what? She goes, Afro Man is coming to oh, Des Moines. No. I'm sitting there laughing my Afro ass off. Man. And she just goes, granted, this might be a waste of money. And I'm sitting in the back of my mind. I'm like, it might be. And then her and I both came to the same conclusion. This is not a waste of money because you get the clout of saying, I have seen <laughs> Colt 45 live. But the sad part is, is you had to buy tickets to go see Cole 45 live. And then just, it would be fun and it would just be like for a generation experience. And still I'm on the lower half of that generation. Um, But still, so that was fun. (laughs) And then this last Tuesday, I think yesterday actually, or I can't remember my dates. I'm getting so mixed up. Uh, Journey was on their tour and um, they had a special guest when they came to Des Moines. And by special guest, I mean the BV baseball team loves this song by this classic rock band. I am a personal, oh. f- I'm a personal favorite of this classic Don't rock song. Say it's that. Oh, what song is this? There, there's a good old song about some water falling from the sky in a good old continent of Africa. Oh my, I thought you were going to say the Venga boys, we like to party. Dude. And I was like, say what? Could you imagine? 
hearing. I was imagining, and I'm like, wow, I am. To open I up for made. Journey, you just hear, we like to party. We like we like to party. We like to party. And then all of a sudden, you hear the There's bus horn. And you're the only guy in the crowd that is going absolutely oh. bananas. For here, here would be the best part. You go to a concert, and you don't know it. And all of a sudden, here comes Vanga Boys opening up. You as a normal <laughs> person. Part is, I know no other song other than the oh, We Like Party. No. But here's the funny part. This would just be the perfect thing. You have all of these people that have bought tickets that are normal people. And I'll specify my normal here in a second. They're normal people, and they don't know what this song means to some crowd. Now, <laughs> you have a stadium packed full of people or whatever, like a small venue. And all of a sudden... The Vanga Boys come out. This song comes on, but all of a sudden, when it as the bus horn just sounds, nobody else does this. But all of a sudden, you hear from one half of the room, the other half of the room, the back of the room, the front. You just hear a bunch of guys screaming their head off. I guarantee you, all of those groups, however many guys are in there are from BV and they specifically bought that ticket to do the exact same that Audrey and I wanted to do for Afro man. Listen to that song live. for Oh my gosh. That would be so sad to waste money on that. But dude, I would, I would literally cry, but no. So like the Toto, like journey, I love journey was raised on classic rock Toto. I absolutely love and not just Africa. Um, What's the what's the song? I heard it today in the gym. Uh, Hold the line is a good one. Roseanne is a good one. Oh yeah, like Hold total. The line. Yeah, total. Da, 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 da. Hold the line. Love is always on time. Earlier, let's just make sure we get copywritten for good. Yeah, <laughs> but so like total has a lot of other good songs, but everybody knows the I bless the rains down in Africa because every white man will scream it to the top of their lungs. Like, any white dad at 55, pretty much any dad at 55, because, like, shit, we're going to get canceled regardless of this podcast. Good Lord, I am so bad at that. Well, we might as well cut it now so we don't get canceled anymore. If anybody lasts to this, and I don't know if this will happen, but if anybody does last to the two hours and whatever that this goes or however long this goes... Send us a message on Facebook. Send us a message on Twitter or TikTok or Instagram because we would love to know who listens to the two hours of our madness. So. Uh, I guess. Yep. Without and further on that ado, tremendously high note, so, unless you've got something that's uh, the end of the road for this guy. I don't think <laughs> so. I've kept both of us up for two hours. But anyhow... <laughs> We hope you guys have enjoyed this astounding, what did you say, 56th episode of The Covert Show? I believe, 56, uh, 57, yeah, 56, right. One of the, 56, the 56th 56. episode of The Covert Show. We love having JC back every week, and last the last couple of weeks we've took a hiatus, mostly because we just need a second to regroup, so don't worry. We'll let you guys have a little bit more of a warning, because these were split-second decisions, but at the same time... We love bringing this to you, no matter if it's him solo, me solo, us together. We love bringing the show to you guys because we just love screwing around and just being total goobers on the show for no yeah, reason pretty much at all. Thumbs it up, yeah. <laughs> so, if you guys enjoy, please subscribe to the podcast. Please leave a like. And also, 
Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Covert Show. And if you have any questions, you can email us at thecovertshow at gmail.com as well. And if JC has anything else to add, I'll let him do it to close it out. No, it's good to have this podcast back, and we'll look forward to doing it next week. There you go. So, everybody, have a good day, good night, wherever you listen to this show. Hopefully your brackets go good tomorrow, and have a great weekend. We'll see you all later.